It is Wednesday, my dudes. This is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hate, 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 hate. Double hate. Load entirely. You're out of order. You're out of order. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. Listen, this is going to be a weird episode. This These lists are so questionable, so bad, so outrageous a little bit. I needed a tag team partner. I'm bringing in oh, Kurt Kowalski. This is the first ever double team. Oh, uh, God, I'm uh, going to die. Unprecedented. Um, so, yes, I said, so there's a few things up front um, that I want to address. Um YLS has been a really fun time of doing it. And no, I'm not killing the show. The show will continue. Um, but the team, Kirk, me, and Coho, have uh, had conversations behind the scenes. Um, it's kind of outgrown what it used to become. Of a list show, we've run out of some topics, movies don't work the same way, stuff like that. It's been interchanged. So the show itself's not going away. But we're going to just change up the format when we feel like it's better for the format. So a few things like that. Number one, normal list show will happen when it makes sense, when we want to do it, when we think it's right. It will probably be the majority of the shows. The bracket will come back for fun topics to break things down, to go through that stuff. That will be the fun part of it. The next one, I understand if I lose some people or some people get offended or some people get upset, and I am okay with that. Um, I'm going to be very honest on my soapbox here tonight. Um, we're not all friends in this community that we live, that we work in. It just isn't the case. Some, some I get along with better, the better. I get along with people better than others. Some people don't like me and that's understandable. I completely get people not liking me or getting a bad perception of me because of the persona I have built on this trivia community, I get being this harsh, angry, red-bearded fat man. And I'm cool with that. That's the perception I've built, and I'm okay with living it. So, starting upcoming, we will start doing draft shows. Draft concepts of the show. I understand there was another channel that did them. But to peel back the curtain, Tony Heald and me are not friends. We're just not. He doesn't like me. I'm just not the biggest fan of him. And I, didn't, I don't really have a problem with him. But I've been blocked. We've just not talked. I'm okay with that. He's never going to appear on YLS. I would have never appeared on feature presentation. That's it. So, Barstool Chicago happens every Monday. They do a snake draft. I love a snake draft. I do fantasy football religiously. I would do 45 drafts if I could just to draft. Draft works really interesting, and I'm glad they did it, and I'm glad they had fun with it. And if they continue to do it, they can continue to do it. But over here, YLS will adapt a draft topic at times, and we will do that concept. That's the case. 
I'm making it clear. If you don't want to be on those episodes, don't sign up for those episodes. I'm fully okay with that. You're not going to hurt my feelings. But me, Kirk, and Coho are signed off on it. I've talked to both of them. They both agree. So we're going to do it. If we want to do a draft, we'll do a draft. It'll be five people. I will either participate or commentate as it goes on. But it will be very interesting. So just to let everybody know, that's what's happening. YLS will continue on. Um, Kirk will be hosting shows. Coho will be doing top 40s. 100 scenes is coming. Um, so listen. get your list in. Um, he still needs them. But tonight's episode, the list were so questionable this week. I'm going to be honest with you. I told him I want him on one of them. I just didn't want the top 10 because um, uh, I think um, overall uh, this – and he said, can I do this week? And I said, yeah, I need, this week is perfect after I've looked at some of these topics. I've watched a lot of movies. I haven't logged a lot of them. What we'll basically do is same format, but me and Kirk will both decide. And um, Kirk – We'll probably be giving out final grades, but I will give my own personal grades as well. So if you hate Kirk for him, great. If you hate me for him, fine. But overall, Kirk's ruling stands tonight at the end. Um, even if I disagree with him, I'll tell you where I sit. But at the end of the day, I brought Kirk in, and this will be an interesting. And we'll see how this topic works. If this works really well, we might bring it back. So, introductions. Kirk, how are you doing today? I'm doing great now. Listen, yeah. gentlemen, playtime's over. <laughs> oh, All fuck. right, we're we're crapping cracking the top forty. No more screwing around. Do not bring me voiceovers. I don't want to talk about any mocap <laughs> nonsense. All right, I'm not going to let this show go on being the celebration of mediocrity that it has been. Excellence <laughs> only moving forward. Or we're going to have one. Oh my god! I, I, did, I did. I I did get a lot of messages, by the way, um, that. Um, Last week's episode was one of the best YLS episodes of all time, and I appreciate everybody being there. Uh, Jack, you definitely sealed your spot in one of the best moments of all time of trying to bury Coho the entire time, and then having buried on your list. It was crazy. It was Immediately going, oh, I thought I had more time. Um, Barr saying he was going to come. It was a great time overall. We'll see what happens this week. Uh, first up. That was a mistake. First up. What? Hi. How we doing? Last week, um, Kirk put in a comment that you lost all credibility because you had Godfather at 48, and then you had the voice of a phone at, I think, 43? Uh, you know, um, <laughs> y'all make mistakes. Um, no, uh, I, I feel like last week is the beginning of where my placement will normally be, which is now I've been, I've been, I've been running rampant in the second and first place positions. I think now I get to finally sit in that spot that people predicted me at at third place for the rest of the show. Uh, because a lot of the coho takes are going to start coming out more in full force. Um, I, I think my list this week is, is one of the more reasonable stretches in the final top 40. Um, so we'll see how I do. Uh, but you know, uh, just a little, Bit of information, yeah. I don't think it'll be over three. I will pretty. I'll cut people off pretty quick. Um, also, starting next week, we'll trade the pieces. So everybody will do their thirty, their twenty nine, their twenty eight. Like we'll do it that way and start moving forward. So just let you know if, when that changes. Bar, I don't know where you finished last week. I have no clue. First, you won. 
Oh, you won last week. I thought you got second. Oh, you did win. You did win. You deservedly won. I <laughs> forgot that. I forgot that Boatman was completely dumb. Um, so how do you think you're going to do tonight? And I love that you're talking and I'm not the one muted. Yeah. It's great time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, thank you for uh, – I appreciate that, Cody. That's very nice of you. And uh, Brutus over there can uh, just stay over there. Um, so <laughs> I think that uh, this week <laughs> – um, this week I'm, I'm probably a danger, honestly. Um, I think I have, I think I have a good list. I think, and I stand by it, but I think other people are going to think that they're in the wrong order. That's fair. That's fair. Um, what up, Brutus? Uh, what up, Boatman? How you doing tonight? Should have burned this place down when I had a chance. You feel like you got robbed last week. Um, I do, and I will make those arguments later on uh, when we come to the thing. But somebody just painted a giant target on their back, and I hope they enjoy reaping what they have sowed. Um, yeah, I, I'll i be honest, Kirk, no offense to you, but I had a very, like, Cody-heavy list this week, and now I don't, and I'm a little bummed. Yeah, that's that is a hundred percent fair, Jack. Some would say the MVP of this series. What the f- does that mean? <laughs> Those people would be morons. <laughs> Listen, hey. how do you think you're going to do tonight? If I told you that this is the worst week for me since Heather Langkamp and Miranda Otto, would you believe me? I've seen the list. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> This list, We're this all list safe, is everybody. This list is rough. Um, I'm overall. afraid, but let's do this. All right. Coho. Well, how the show works. Well, guess what? If you haven't don't know how the show works, uh, we started the series about six weeks ago. Back at watch episode one. Uh, Coho, uh, what's your 40, your 39, and your 38? Right, so my number 40 uh, is Jack Lemon and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, my number 39 is Christian Bale in Vice. Uh, and my 38 is Sally Hawkins in the shape of water. Um, so is that the fish Jack movie? Le- yeah, it is the fish fucking movie. Uh, that's how we get crashed. Uh, Jack Lemon in Glengarry Glen Ross is maybe <gasps> my favorite lemon. Might be my favorite lemon. It's between that and the apartment. Uh, I think I really like seeing Jack Lemon as this sort of fast talking wheeling dealing guy this sort of down on his luck at the beginning and then the way he and Pacino just play off each other in the office where he's telling them how he got the deal and all that and then the way he like then switches to interacting with, with Kevin Spacey where he's like where he's like I got you, you son of a bitch and then when Spacey figures him out he turns around he's like begging for his like life and job to him and he's like oh really uh I think he goes through such a range in this to me he is the protagonist of this movie but it's like hard to really nail down who you would consider the lead. He's probably the most lead to me, uh, but I think he is phenomenal. Uh, Christian Bale and Vice, um, I've heard the arguments forever that it is the makeup and not the performance, but I think the performance is incredible. I and think I had Vice slower, just I didn't okay. know when Co was going to talk. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I think Christian Bale is unrecognizable, not just from the makeup, from the way he talks, the way his mannerisms are. Um, I love the scene where he and it's also with Steve Carell in that scene, the way they play off each other and the what do we believe? Uh, I think is a great scene from Christian Bale. 
I don't know, just as much as it is Steve Carell. Steve Carell gets to be the one that the scenes focus on. This is over the top. What do we believe? Laughing thing. But I think the way that Christian Bale plays this like earnest to get ahead in life guy who will do the most scummy things and thinking he's doing it for the right reasons. I think Bale plays that really well. Um, I think all the way through, I'm watching this like despicable guy, but Bale is not there. Like I just don't see Christian Bale in this part whatsoever. Uh, because I don't hear him. I don't see him. I don't believe that's him. I think that's a transformative performance. Uh, Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water is... Oh, yeah, Bowman, sorry. He just interrupted you. Uh, Yeah, that was my 94... Yes, it was my 94... Bale was my 94. I think that ending monologue is so, like, perfectly terrifying... Uh, he's, I think he's really good in this. Um, he just, just kind of the way he does, I think it's kind of hard to be like quietly intimidating. And I love those performances that are like quietly intimidating, like not the loud jelly performances, but more of like the sit back and watch, but while still being intimidating. And that's what Bale does here. And it's great. And Sally Um, Hawkins. So Sally Hawkins, this is who I think should have won the Oscar in 2017. Um, I think her performance in this is so good uh, of like of this. Um, I don't know what the term is anymore, so I'm just going to say the one I know, which mute? is mute. I don't know if that's normal, if that's OK. I anymore. think that's so correct. Just, unless I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. So if if I'm wrong, please correct me. But this woman who cannot speak uh, the way she portrays her throughout this movie as having so much heart and conveying so much without ever once using her voice, I think is really brilliant. Um, I love the scene where she is signing to Richard Jenkins about, I can I can either save him or I can let him die. And it's all there on her face. It's just all the pain of not getting, of not saving the fish man that she wants to fuck. Uh, there I said it. Uh, but uh, it's a great, <laughs> sorry, can't speak. Okay, just want to make sure. Thanks, Holtzman. You're my you're my regular political correctness guru. Uh, but yeah, I I think this performance is is terrific. I think it. I feel every ounce of her pain throughout this entire movie, um, and all of her joy and emotion. I love, I love everything about this performance, especially when she's talking to Michael Shannon and she and he keeps looking at Octavia Spencer like, what is she saying? And she's like, saying the most disgusting shit to him, and she's just like, uh, she says thank you. <laughs> It's like a great moment also. Uh, fucking love Sally Hawkins in this movie. Okay. Um, so me and Kirk will kind of trade. I'll go first and then I'll let him follow up after mine. Um, so don't delete them right now. Jack Lemmon and Glenn Gary going Ross. Um, it's the best performance in this movie. I still stand by that. Um, I could say that Alec Baldwin in that one scene is great, but Jack Lemmon is playing a character that's just not Jack Lemmon. Like what he's been like he's frantic, he does the frantic, but he's kind of ruthless in this movie, what he's doing and how hungry he is and how kind of like the old guy in a workplace, like needing like trying to compete with the younger guys and trying to show what he owes. I think he's just absolutely incredible. Um I mean, you can compare this with the apartment and stuff like that of overall his performances. There's just two different roles at that point. Like CC Baxter and this are nowhere near alike. So I'm okay with saying that if this is your favorite lemon. That's just like you lean to that sort of acting. So I like old, like I just like the older lemon more than the younger lemon yeah. specifically, but they're both great. Yeah, watch Grumpy Old Men. It's great. Um, I probably would. Uh, Kurt, we'll just do. We'll just keep talking. Okay. Kirk, what's your thought on 
Uh, this is a great pick. I think Lemon's great. I don't know if he's the best, but I mean, it's because everybody is so good. Everybody's firing all cylinders here. Um, just the way he, the way this character goes from being just completely kind of broken and desperate. And then he has that scene with, uh, with El Pacino where he's like, you know, describing he finally got that cell and he's riding that high. And um, you just you see that come all crashing down. Just the, the ebb and flow of this character is so good. And he, the, all these characters are kind of despicable. They're doing despicable things. And um, but you also see he shows you how that lifestyle just grinded him down and how you know desperate he is now. Um, and he and he sells that perfectly. So yeah, this is a solid pick. Um, your 39 is okay. I'm just I have to just say this. If this like I you can say that it's not the makeup, I'm gonna say it is the makeup, and that's just what I'm gonna leave. I think. He transforms, but it's the same transform as, uh, I mean, I hope that you have um, Gary Oldman from The Darkest Hours higher up, because I think he's better in the, his role than he and then Christian Bale and Vice. I, the hardest part for this is I just don't, I mean, I, I, I don't think this is unpopular to say, but I don't like Dick Cheney as a person. So, like, I mean, and I don't, th- I don't think a lot of people do. So when you sit there and have to watch an entire movie about Dick Cheney, I don't give a shit. Like, and I can see his roles and how slow he is, but I honestly just show how stupid he was, like how smart he was, but how stupid he was at the same time. So I think Bale overall's performance is fine. I just get lost in like I just wish Adam McKay would just stay away from like politics stuff. Like if I'm being 100 percent honest, because you can see what line he's definitely on, and that's fine. But I don't need to like see the line the entire time. His performance is fine. I think there are some fun parts throughout, um, like great performances throughout the movie. But overall, I think it's just a slog of a movie, and I think his performance gets overhyped because he slow draws and he slow rolls like. Like he talks out the side of his mouth really well, but I see Bale clear as day. Like, yeah, absolutely. Please bring back any. He can talk about stocks for seventy five years. I'm fine with that. Please stay away from Vice. But yeah, I think he I, also needs to stay out of the headlines and stop talking about Aaron fucking Sorkin. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> true to get, too. Keep Sorkin no. say about your fucking mouth. But yeah, with Vice, I just I can't. I just it's a movie that I don't like, and it's character I can't relate to. And I can see Bale throughout the entire thing, and like, I don't think it's that impressive to talk out the side of your mouth. Like, I think that's what he he does it twang, but he doesn't sound like Bale. But I don't know, uh, Kirk. Coho, I can't remember. Were you one of the people who was critical of Jessica Chastain winning the Oscar because it was all makeup and yes. a voice? Uh, no, I was not okay. the people who I would did not criticize her for that. I criticized her because I yeah. thought there were other people who were better than her. In the okay, all right. Well, that's, that's good. Fine. That's good because at least you're not a hypocrite. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I do think that. I mean, Bell's not terrible in this. Like, it's not like a joke performance, but I do think a lot of it is the makeup. It is the whatever it, you know. And I think the whole thing with him transforming his voice—that's something he does every movie. That's like a game he plays with himself. So I don't think that's like that spectacular here. And I mean, the whole thing with Dick Cheney—it's like obviously McKay hates Dick Cheney. The movie hates Dick Cheney, which is fine. But it doesn't give the character a whole lot of opportunity for nuance, and it makes him more of a caricature than an actual character. So, that's and you, and even it. like even like W in the movie is like a character of himself, of being, and I get that, but it's just yeah. like I hit it. You hate the fucker. Why'd you make yeah. the movie? It's like but, a serious um, SNL skit. But I will say, 
I think Boat's in the correct space. You're not. I think That's 90s makes more sense. 30s make no sense. Um, and Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water, I, I won't. Francis McDormand, I'm just throwing it out there. Francis McDormand, so I know you like this movie more than most people. But I like this movie not because of performances. Like, I, I think they're good performances, too. I think Richard Jenkins is good. I think they all play good. They're good pieces. But his world that he builds in this is, like, insane. And I'm normally not a guy that, like, gives you credit for, like, the world you build because I, I need the actors to do it. But the world that they get to play in makes that world. I think Michael Shannon is insane in this movie. He's great. Like, I think he's a great one. I think Sally Hawkins is doing a lot with a little. So that's why I think it ranks. But this is another one. 80s 90s for me would have made a little bit more sense 38 over al pacino and the godfather that's just gonna that's gonna be your linchpin that i have to just keep going you had a high but it's the one i have to keep going back to um okay um kirk thoughts yeah and i'm saying pretty much you i think it's a good performance um i don't have anything negative to say about it but 38 is super high for this one Oh, I wonder who put Rockwell's great advice. Yeah, actually, it was it wasn't actually Boatman. That was, was not me. Legitimately, oh, wow. that was I came, not I came, me. I came to Boatman and Rockwell's defense on that one. Identity oh. theft is not a joke, Jim. <laughs> you know, you Thousands of people suffer from every year. Okay. Um, all right, Bar. Okay. So uh, my number 40 is Sterling Hayden in the Asphalt Jungle. My number 39 is Sean Connery in The Untouchables. And my number 38 is Al Pacino in And Justice for All. Yikes. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Sterling Hayden, The Asphalt Jungle. I kind of wanted to decide between this and The Killing for Sterling Hayden, and I like him better in The Asphalt Jungle. Um especially towards the end when he's racing towards the horse farm and just like the look on his face, the moment he gets there is such, it's just such a pure moment. Um, and it's just a really great overall performance going from like overly tough and aggressive to the getting to show the emotions that he truly has underneath. Um, and it's a fantastic performance. Um, it's it's for fun. Jesus Christ, have fun. Um, number 39, Sean Connery. Uh, this is just one of those performances that I'm kind of just glued in on Connery. Um, sure, he's he's not doing a Chicago accent. Fine, whatever. He's but he's just so good in this. Just like the the scene where they break into his house and he immediately has the gun on the guy. Just the cold look he has he has on his face. Like he that I cut you motherfucker moment. It's just such a great moment um, that I just, it, it gets me pumped. Um, and it's just one of those moments. It, he has such control of every scene that he's in. It's just really uh, fantastic. Um, and then my number 38 was skipped. I'll let Kirk start. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sterling Hayden is great in Asphalt Jungle. He just played these like doomed criminal characters so well. Um, he just, just that, just everything about him, his voice, his stature, his physicality, his mannerisms, um, just fits so into that, just that hard luck, like trying to make it, but you just know he's not going to. Um, and he does that so great. Um, so yeah, I love, I'm a big Sterling Hayden fan. The more of his movies I watch, the more I really just love watching him. He's great in this. 
Um, so I watched this movie for the first time this uh, week. Uh, I didn't love it as much as I thought I would. I enjoyed it overall. Um, I'm just saying, if I'm going to pick Sterling Hayden between the two, I would have picked The Killing, in my opinion. I like Which that is fair. more. I like that a lot more. I think Killing is just like an insane movie. But we're not talking about that. So overall, I think his performance was fine. You're picking these ones that are, in your brain, makes a lot of sense. But to the list myself, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like there's some care, like some things here are just missing over for me. Um, don't hate it. Don't think it's bad. I didn't like walk I'm like what the hell. Like sweet uh, Tur- Tony Curtis in Sweet Smell of Success. That's one of those like what the fuck are we doing? But this makes sense. Like I can see why this would be someone's higher list for them for seeing Asphalt Angel. For me, it just didn't click for that. Uh, you're 39. Uh, Untouchables, Kirk. Uh, yeah, I like uh, Connery in this. I think he's great, uh, but I think this is a little high just because I think this is more a case of it being more character than performance. And I know it's hard to like draw the line in between, but I think like it just he's just such a cool character and just that kind of mentor. He's like the the red in Shawshank. You know, he's that guy you're just gonna like no matter what, no matter who's playing him. Um, but uh, Connery's still really good in it. I just think this this for me would have been like more like a '90s '80s pick. Uh, but it's it's not terrible being on your list. You know I have zero problems with Sean Connery and the Untouchables here, and I stand by a great choice. The one thing I do want to thank you for is not quoting uh, the famous line. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I'm smart enough to not I really that. appreciate that, but that is the scene that I absolutely love. They bring in the, we'll put one in the more, like, we'll do it the Chicago way. Like, that stuff was just, like, Connery just being so badass in this movie. Like, I, I, nothing is better in cinema for me as old Connery. Old Connery is like a fine wine. It is the greatest thing in film. He could just be sitting there reading the newspaper and I would love every minute of it. And yes, I would love to hear Sean Connery say to bears. It'd be great. Can you imagine Connery trying? To bears. bears. Big tits. Okay, and um, I'm, 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 and I, I will say, I'm mad. I will say, I'm mad that we don't get to talk about injustice for all this episode, but I won't forget it more. That's fair. Um, both. Okay, my number forty is Marlon Brando in a streetcar named Desire. Okay. Uh, yeah, Brando is whoa, whoa. Oh. 40, 39, 38. How does the show work? Yeah, exactly. God. My 39 is Albert Brooks in uh, Broadcast News. Yikes. I'm kidding. I'm fucking kidding. I just wanted to see what you do. I'm sorry. You you (laughs) broke my heart. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. You broke my heart. I'm sorry. And my 38 is Anthony Perkins in Psycho. Uh, I had him lower at 63. Okay. Brando in a streetcar named Desire just like comes to life in this movie. He is he is just doing so much. Like Stanley Kowalski is clearly like one of those showy characters. And Brando just gets so much to do in like just with his movements and like just the way, like the pain and hey Stella, one of the most famous yells of all time for a reason. Like that's 
it's just so powerful and the rage and the contempt and everything that Brando was putting into this performance, I think it's just fantastic. 39, look, it's me, right? It's me, but also, like, come on, come on. Albert Brooks in Broadcast News is so phenomenal. He is doing so much here because he has to be like the Albert Brooks, you know, awkward type. And that's what he's doing. But it's stretching it to a level that is just so flawless and so perfect. I love the scene where he talks to uh, Jane about uh, Tom and just bears his soul. That is such a perfect scene. But then he also gets a lot of great comedy moments, like with the sweating. Like, you can just see his visible anxiety during the sweating scene. I love this performance so much. Albert Brooks is great. Uh, and my 38 is Anthony Perkins in Psycho. The Just the quiet mania before, like, he goes fully crazy. Like, I love the taxidermy scene. The taxidermy scene, like when him and uh, Marion are talking, like it is so just quietly off-putting and it's so great. And I, I think that Perkins is just so terrifying in a way that feels sympathetic. And I think that's really fascinating. And uh, the, his intense moments are great. It's such uh, a, a great performance uh, and i had uh perkins at 63 <laughs> javi also just shot boatman in the chat uh i i think anthony perkins doesn't get enough credit for his introduction like when we first meet him and like and when he's introduced to us he's not a full-on psychopath apparently like you can't like see that on the surface he kind of seems just like a dude and, like, I think that's a really kind of nice... Like, he's clear, there's someone off about him, but you don't know what it is. And, like, you kind of just seem like, oh, maybe he's just, like, doesn't get people often. So he's just, like, an awkward guy. And then the more and more you see him, to the point where the end, he's just smiling at the camera. And you're just like, fuck. I think Perkins is brilliant. Uh, one one of the best movies, uh, performances that I've seen for the first time very recently. Uh, I think he's incredible. Should have been nominated that year. I'll stand by. Should have been nominated. Um, yeah, I would say take yet. a drink every time Coho says uh, should have been nominated, but I don't yeah. want to be responsible for deaths from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> so please don't do that. Do um, it. I want to see proof of it too. Um, so I've I saw this movie for the first time this week. Um, me and Kirk had a conversation about this last night, and I, Kirk, I'll look, I won't steal Kirk's thunder, but I agree a hundred percent what he said about this. Uh, his performance is really strong in this. Uh, it's what works. Um, and the reason why I thought I was a little down on it at first is because he was the first to do this kind of performance, like as it is. And he's been often emulated and duplicated on this performance, but not probably to the level. I mean, there's some that probably have rised above it, but he left, I guarantee there. I'll leave that. Sorry. I'm just doing Kirk Thunder. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie for what it was. I don't know how quick I'll uh, re-watch the film, but I'm glad I finally got it off, like, the watch list. And as much as I don't, like, love the movie, 
but his performance is what stood out to me. So his performance was is what uh, won me over in this movie. Kirk. Yeah, I watched this for the first time a week or so ago, and I'm sitting there watching it. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's what Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Vince Vaughn and Leo DiCaprio and James Franco and a hundred other actors have been doing their entire career. Um, it's so, and you know, me, me and Cody were talking, it's like, you look at it now and it's been so much, it's been done so much that uh, it you know, feels like kind of just, oh, it's there, but it's almost like the Beatles. Like you listen to the Beatles, you're like, oh yeah, it's the Beatles. I know the Beatles, everything's like the Beatles. But like, if you go back and listen to music before the Beatles and then you listen to Sgt. Pepper, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. And that's how it is with this movie. If you like go back in the thirties and forties and watch all those movies, then you see this. Like nothing like this had been done before. Um, just like the realism and the nuance and just the layers of this character, just like you know, you're saying like his rage, but also like his sense of humor and his like affection and things like that. Like there's so much going on here um that I understand why it's so uh you know influential and why so many people have imitated it. Um but yeah, it's 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 a great performance, great pick. I think it just hurt me because I've seen other people like do performances yeah. like this now. Mm-hmm. But when he put in that perspective, it made a total turn for me. I'm like, you're right, 100%. So, great choice. Uh, 40, probably a little high for me, but I just saw the movie. So, I can't like, I can't tell you. <sighs> Your father should be so proud of you. Uh, you put him on the list. Um, listen. this The fact that I only had one should honestly – I should get a pat on the back for that. That's true, true. Um, and I think you. I think the reason why is because you've been ridiculed if you didn't. But here's my take on this. These, this movie, I, I love this movie a lot. I enjoy this movie a lot. This movie is very hard for me to watch. And it's not because the, the subject matter or the characters or anything. But I'm staring for two hours in the face of the guy I see weekly in Warzone. I, I'm sorry. like I'm not saying you're a direct ripoff of him. But the mannerisms and how you do stuff in this movie is very similar at times. I think he's a little bit more stand-up-ish than you, but it's very hard. That being said, he's absolutely fantastic in this movie. As somebody that deep dove 87, like the I think it's 87, right? 87. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 87. The, 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 that is one of the most confusing Oscars years of all time. I'm just going to say that it is one of the most confusing ever. For what won, what was best picture, what was nominated, the it's it's nuts, and I think Connery beat Brooks. Beat Brooks. In yes, I was going to bring it up, but I was worried it would hurt me. So it's eighty nine. That's a tough choice for me personally because I think both have a very good stake on that. Um, I do love because I've seen Boatman. Boatman will always like if we don't have many in this community, but if there were jocks in this community, he would do what he does to William Hurt. Like, do you know all the uh, the people in the cabinet? I Maybe. did it to Bar last week, and Bar That's is true. even a jock. If we're being honest, he likes to beat people down like no stuff. So. so great performance. I love the sweating scene. I my favorite scene in this entire movie is when he's outside with Holly Hunter. Off. And they're just, and he's just talking and just saying everything like, "What do you <laughs> kill me or something?" I don't know what he what's the exact quote, but he says something in the regards of like, "I'll, I'll kill myself or something." I don't know. It's really funny to me. It's really heartwarming too. He's got that story like, "I say the words here and they come out there." Like, comes out there. It's just great, uh, Kirk. Um, yeah, I like this movie. I like his performance. I, this is another one that's hard to separate like performance and character for me. Um, but I mean, it's a perfect character for him. 
Um, I think he's really good, like just like you guys say, like just just that character, like how he's just like pours his holly. He doesn't care, like he just tells Holy Hunter exactly how he feels, very matter of factly. Um, so yeah, I think thirty nine is high for anybody else. Boatman, it makes sense. If I'm going to have one Albert Brooks performance on my list, it's going to be Taxi Driver. Uh, but you know, to each his own. Let's not fight. This is YLS. What are we doing here? That's the I line. Mean, That's I, the line. It's the line for the movie. It is the line. There's the line. But it fit it. It fit it perfect because when he cut it. You Wait, like, Boat. You don't know every line from Taxi Driver front to back? Hey, Boat, how many words are in the script of Taxi Driver? <laughs> but no. When he did the cutoff perfectly and he's just like, and Boatman did the. And he was like, "That's not fight." It was a perfect like transition. He like cut him off. I loved it. Good job. Um, all right, and you're 38. I've said this before. I'll say it again. This is this is an overrated movie. Um, I'll just start with that. I don't have the love for this movie as other people. Do I think his performance is good? Yes, his performance is really good in this movie. But do I love it? No, I don't. I just don't have the same effect to it. And this is one of those movies. I honestly, growing up, I guess I am a little older. I don't know. But this was mentioned in the same realms of Godfather of um, like the all time greats. 2001, a space odyssey, those movies that just changed cinema. So when I got to it and I overhyped it for myself, it fell flat for me and it's always fallen flat for me because I think like it's a, it's kind of, it, it does a like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of does a disservice to it. What it honestly is with like the, the shower scene and the stuff that happens in the, the score, like that kind of downplays it at this point. I have watched other Hitchcocks. I like other Hitchcocks more, um, but his performance overall with Perkins, I think he plays a nice balance of creepy and stuff especially the taxidermy scene that's the scene i would have referenced i think that is the best scene for him in this movie but i if i was making the list and i had to include this i'd be on coho's ranking i wouldn't be on bowman's i think that's too high but kirk's here so and go ahead um i understand what you're saying i have uh i came to this pretty early so i didn't really suffer all the hype because i saw it before like i realized how much hype there was around it um but I think as far as the performance goes, I think it's really good. Like if you watch the remake and you see Vince Vaughn try to do this, you realize how difficult it is because he pulls off that like he he thinks he believes his mother's alive and she's doing all this stuff. And he's honestly afraid of that. But he also convinces you that he could be the guy doing it, which is a, a tough high wire that walk. Um, you know, just that scene where he's like, oh, mother, you know, when you hear him like. You know, after you know when he comes across the the murder scene, you got so it's a shock when you see that it's him in the dress. You know, like it's it's shocking that's him because you don't you know you, you he makes you believe that his mother's still alive and still doing all that stuff. Um, and that ends you know the final scene with him just you know that just the the, the face and the voiceover um, is really good. So again, I do think this might be a little high based on just the performance, um, but top one hundred definitely. It's good you're coming back. All right, I'll take. I will. Is that everybody? everybody yeah, we're on to Jack. Jack's okay. 40. Oh, Jack. Jack, you're 40. All right. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, my number 40, Boatman, get ready for yikes. It's Lee J. Cobb. Yikes. yikes. Yep. Just boat. 
I mean, it's just second no, no, I just know Boatman it's loves no, it. This is his number one. Sorry. Like, famously. Yes. Anyway, uh, 39 is James Stewart in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yikes. Guys. Yep. And my uh, 38, it's Viggo Mortensen in The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. <laughs> there it is. It's me. The fuck do you expect at this point? Okay, Better. listen. Viggo Mortensen gives one of the best performances of this trilogy. Uh, it's... <laughs> uh, and... Okay. Uh, he gives one of the best performances of this trilogy uh, from the from the person that doesn't want... Uh, from where he is in the first one of doesn't want uh, anything to do with the throne of Gondor, any, anything at all to him finally accepting, uh, accepting his, his role as, as the King and the, uh, uh, the King of Gondor. And uh, just his, his performance is great in, in the, all the little quiet uh, moments with him. Uh, every, every scene between him and Eowyn is great and heartbreaking uh uh he is incredible in uh in the uh the k uh the the dead city I, I i can't remember the the mountains where the army of the dead is uh that whole scene he he's great he's front and center there and he's fantastic but the moment uh that really gets me every time is uh, his speech uh, at the Black Gate before uh, the armies of Rohan and Gondor uh, charge into battle against the armies of Mordor. His speech is absolutely perfect. That scene is incredible. And it's his best. Uh, this this is the film where he's at his absolute best in the franchise, uh, in, in the trilogy. I love him to death. And he's one of the biggest reasons why I keep coming back to it over and over and over again. I could watch this forever. It's incredible. Um, so uh, Vigo Mortensen is kind of on my like up list right now because I think he just said something about the car fucking movie and said it didn't deserve to win. Um, it's something that was miles better. I don't know what the movie was, but I agree with him. Anything, I, it could have literally been uh, Son of the Mask, um, and I would have said, yeah, you're probably right. Um, but um, I just want to say this real quick, and I, I don't mean to like pick on you, but I, I wanted to read this in order again. 40, Lee J. Cobb, and 12 Angry Men. James Stewart and Mr. Smith goes to Washington. And then you decided to take a loaded handgun and put it in your hand and blow your brains out and put Vigo Mortensen from Lord of the Rings Return of the King higher than those two. We all know it's you. We all understand it's you. But couldn't you have put this at 40 and put those two too higher so you don't have to, like, resign on this is a better performance than Lee J. Cobb and James Stewart? I never said it was better. I told you at the beginning of this list that the, this is my favorites. If this okay, was a best of it. list, if this was a best of list, this would look different. I'll say that much. Would it? I don't think it would. I think it would be worse. Okay, here's yeah. my thing. Here's my thing. This performance, I 
you said the black gate again the whatever the mountain with the dead thing you need to know that for trivia so remember what that is uh but my what i will stand by is uh, you bow to no man right is that the black gate uh no that's uh, then you didn't even say the best line in the entire movie from this man. He doesn't say anything. He kicks a helmet in the first movie. He's a great warrior. But how the hell is he on this list? I understand. I don't think he does anything crazy to me that makes me, like, absolutely, like, love his performance in it. Again, the Fellowship of the Ring, all the Lord of the Rings, Kirk is famously saying, like, it disappeared, I don't give a shit. But my thing is, when I watch them, I don't stand out and watch any performance and be like, God damn, that guy's great. I just like I love the group. I love the world we're in. I love the adventure. But overall, what the fuck are you talking about? This is nutty. I understood these were showing up, but man, Vico, man, Kirk, maybe yeah. Kirk loves it more than me. L- listen, Jack, I'm not gonna attack you for this, and <laughs> you I'm, I'm. This is gonna sound super condescending, and I don't mean it to be, but like, you're a young guy. And you're you're, new, you're 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 coming into your own as a cinephile, and that's fine. You're you're experienced. You're you're young. You're starting out. You've gotten into a bad crowd with these Kingsman guys. They're staring you wrong. You need to get away from them. But I what? <laughs> my turn to talk. It's my turn to talk. That's but true. What you what you need to realize is that when you're watching a movie you enjoy. There are a lot of other things going on besides the performances, and just because you love the performances doesn't make the or just like because you love the movie. Like I love Pacific Rim; that's a fun movie. But I'm like, oh man, that Charlie Hunnam, he's fantastic in that movie. <laughs> man, he's blown it out of the okay. water. I'm like, no, it's no, he's no. there. Vigo is here. He does a serviceable job, but again, it's another another situation where. You throw another actor in here, it's the same writing, it's the same characters, it's the same adventure, it's the same special effects. You're probably going to come out with the same feeling about it. So I don't think Vigo's doing anything here that deserves to be able to see, let alone a third. Yeah, yeah, Nick Cage was going to be Aragorn. I think that's a very different performance. I think it would have been better, honestly. What the fuck? <laughs> It'd be great. I love it. Uh, okay. But what he kicked uh, the helmet, Cody. What he kicked the uh, helmet. He wouldn't fucking kick the entire. He'd kick Peter Jackson. Okay. Uh, all right. Gloves come off. Everyone gets to fight. Bar and boat have been <laughs> throwing bars across the way. We'll see what happens. Coho, take us through a journey. I want to take you back to biblical times, 1988. Uh. Anyway, uh, Eddie Murphy in Coming to America is my favorite performance that Eddie Murphy has given in his career because he is not just playing multiple people. His primary character, Prince Akeem, is delightful. I think he is so much fun in this movie uh, as just a great comedic performance. I think my favorite my favorite part will always be he just wakes up and he's just like, Good morning, Queens! Fuck you! Yes! Fuck you, too! It's just great. Uh, the way he plays all the different people in the barbershop is just like amazing. And I love every single distinct performance that he gives each of them. Um, the way he he goes back and forth with Arsenio Hall. Uh, the way that he does the McDonald's. He's like, uh, yes, I was watching the contest with the Giants of New York last night. They kicked the ball through a giant yellow pitchfork. Uh, I think it's just brilliant. He, the way he's just like naive and gullible, but it's so heartwarming and charming. Um, and it's very easy to make that character 
unlikable with how gullible he is to the point where you just think he's a moron and you don't want to watch him. But Eddie Murphy is just so charming that you watch his just big goofy grin and his like attitude towards the world around him. And it's impossible to dislike Eddie Murphy in this movie. I think he's brilliant. Um, so yeah, coming to America, I haven't watched the second one because I refuse to at this point. It's I just, not good. Don't do I, it. I know. I'm just going to hold it in where I was. Uh, coming to America is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Um, I think Eddie and Eddie Murphy is the reason why it's one of my favorites. The barbershop scene. I absolutely love when he gets in the cab and says, take us to Queens. And the cab goes, you sure about that? It's like, Yes, we go to Queens, and they park the car, and it literally everything gets taken from the back of that car in three point two seconds. Just how you're right, his naive performance would kind of drain in most films, but his comedic delivery is what helps sell every scene he's in. So I have zero issues with this on the list. It's very hard to put like comedic performances high on people's list because, I mean, just like just like you know critics and academy awards and stuff they don't really honor mm -hmm. uh comedic performances but i'm all for it 37 maybe a little high for some but for me it worked perfectly everybody else oh kurt first sorry um no i i love this is definitely eddie's best performance i rewatched this i hadn't seen this in forever and um i always liked the movie but i never really thought much about it uh it was all i think almer was top 10 last year so i rewatched mm -hmm. it and um yeah he is great in this um, he, like you said, like he has that gullibility and not, it's not just the comedy. I think that saves it, but he also has like moments of like sincerity and wisdom where he's like, he's not just an idiot. Like he sits there, like when he talks to the girl and he sits down, he's like, well, this is how it is. This is, you know, consider doing this. Like he has like a lot of intelligent, like basic intelligent things to say. He's not just a big dummy wandering around, even though the moments of gullibility are a lot of fun. Um, but he plays it so sincere and for an R-rated comedy, it's such a wholesome character. Like you just really love him. Like you just want to hug him. And the rest of the characters he plays are so great. Like, you know, each of the, like you said, the guys in the barbershop, the way he builds the community uh, around him with just those few characters that he plays, uh, like when they're at the, at the, at the, you know, the assembly and the guys from the barbershop are there just goofing around. Like those moments are great. Um, so yeah, he's fantastic. So I have no problem with this on your list. Everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Kirk hadn't seen this in, in forever. I haven't seen this ever. Of course. <laughs> Aha. Um, so yeah, honestly, Eddie Murphy was on my short list. Um, he kind of got cut at the last second for me. Um, so this is a great pick. Yeah, I think that Murphy, like you say, there's such like a level of naivete to this character that I think makes it work so well. Cause it's not like sometimes, especially with these types of characters, it's very like loud and boisterous and like annoying and it's just very much like uh, like the voice is the character like the voice is the joke and like that's kind of all it is whereas it all just is there to enhance the character and the comedy really comes from just this like akeem is you know for you know all his faults a, a nice guy akeem's like a really positive nice guy and i think that's what makes it work Right, it's not kind of like the Will Ferrell yelling loudly man child. It's more, it's a more intelligent type of naivety that really works. Uh, I would have nominated Eddie Murphy uh, for the Oscar that year personally. Okay, what's your next one? 
My 36 has been, I've been yikesing it up. I think I have it the highest. I think this is where it stops. Glorious Swanson, Sunset Boulevard. I had this last week. I had this like two weeks ago. And Jack, did you have this? I haven't seen this since high school. That's fair. Okay. So I think she is far and away the best thing about Sunset Boulevard. Um, I love Sunset Boulevard so much, but I think this performance is so, so powerful. Um, I think the way Gloria Swanson carries herself in this movie, it's like a very meta performance for her to have. Um, I say this as an unintelligent, classic, naive swine. I have been told that this is a very meta role for her to play. Uh, but what I what I find that I love most about it is her commitment to the insanity of the character. Um, that this person is just delusional. Uh, and I think that comes down obviously the end with the I'm ready for my close up. I think obviously that's like one of the most iconic moments in history. But I think that she is, um, she's so scary, but not at the outset. When you first meet her, she's very warm and sort of like not necessarily like loving, but a character that you're like not threatened by yet. You don't think that she, you think that she might not have it all together, but you don't think she's going to shoot you. Um, and the more and more William Holden stays with her, the more and more terrified you become for William Holden. And when he gets involved with Nancy Olsen, the more terrified because you know that Gloria Swanson's unhinged. Um, and I think that this performance is towering. Um, Norma Desmond is one of the best film characters of all time, and that's because of Gloria Swanson's performance. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I believe I had this at number 47. Um, Gloria Swanson, the fact that she and another person lost the Oscar this year are kind of crazy. Because um, she is playing, like, just over the top enough. Like, that that theatricality that's just, like, built into her bones um, is is always there. And I think that's what puts you on ease when you first meet her. Uh, and then you see the, the wall start to crumble down the further and further you get into the movie. First, it's just like a few chips and then it's just like bricks completely just falling apart. Um, and I think that that slow build over the course of time is just so expertly done. Um, yeah. She's incredible in this. Both oh yeah, I had this. Sorry, uh, I had this at fifty-one. Swanson, yeah, I I won't talk very long. Swanson's like terrifying and crazy and great, but also like has those softer moments. It's fantastic. They basically said all I need to say. Um, yeah, Gloria Swanson is one of those characters that I absolutely love. Some days she's over the top, kind of the point of the character overall. Um. I think she's overall just steals every scene she's in. I love when she's already crazy at the beginning, but she's very subdued crazy. And then it slowly starts chipping away at her because she kind of thinks she's getting a role. She's like getting back into the limelight, but it's not happening. Um, every character just adds to the craziness for her, um, which is like great. I think the Butler and her have just great overall, like <laughs> descent into madness. Um, I just always love the line where, like, it's the picture's gotten small. Like, you know, like, it's there's like she's this larger than life. And that that walk down the stairs, like, at the end, 
and just seeing like how what we see and what she's really seeing is kind of just nuts to me. I, I I love Sunset Boulevard. I think Sunset Boulevard is one of the best Billy Wilder movies. I think it's one of the best movies out there that's ever made. The voiceover and everybody complains about that. I think that may adds to this, and I think it adds to her performance and tells us everything we need to know about Swanson without beating over our head of seeing a scene about that. Um, Kirk. Uh, yeah, this the movie's in my top ten. I love this movie, and uh, she's great. Uh, like everybody said, it, 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 nine times out of ten, you watch performance like, performance like this, you're like, well, this is way too over the top. Um, but it just it makes sense for her, and she nails it. Uh, like co-host said, this, this she's almost play, she's playing like a version of herself, like a dark version of herself. And, you know, you think about it, she's been there alone, uh, you know, all this time. Like, she's finally getting attention. And she starts, you know, when you first see her, she's crazy, but she's kind of like funny, just like quirky, famous person crazy. And, you know, she's got a pet monkey she's buried, and you're like, and that's how Holden sees her, and you're like kind of on that journey with him, and you're watching those layers slowly pull away. And that scene, there's that scene when they're in the theater watching her movie, um, great for so many reasons, but just her, just watching her watch that, and like so the desperation for her she has to hold on to that. Um, and you just get those little hints throughout of what's going to happen. And she, she just drops those in there so subtly. Um, it's a fantastic performance. Okay. Cool. I need to address uh, the audience for one moment. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was accused of uh, obfuscating, of being a politician uh, in order to win certain weeks by one Adelaide Spence and not actually say my opinions. If that were the case, Spence, I don't think Emma Stone and La La Land would be my 35. So Mia Dolan is one of my favorite film protagonists of all time. I love Mia as a character, and I think that's very much a part of Emma Stone's performance. Um, she can sing. Uh, and I think that as an actress, as an actress, uh, she brings so much life to this part. Um, I love all of her auditions. I love all the different scenes of her like trying to make her dreams come true. Um, and I love the scene with Ryan Gosling where she talks to him about like, well, why don't you just write something for yourself? And then like, and write what you know, and how she goes after the one woman show. Um, I think her performance in the audition song is fantastic. I think that's one of the best moments of her. Like she deserves her Oscar far and away. Um, and I think that the epilogue, her performance through it is brilliant. I love the way that when she and Sebastian first meet that she like is genuine to him and he blows her off. And then the next time she sees him, she's just an absolute, just fucking like hates him. And the way she's just like, I ran is just like such a great knife dig. And through the entire, a lovely night number where then they like sort of start to reconcile on it. And just like, I love their chemistry. I, Emma Stone's my favorite of the two, but they keep flipping back and forth. Um, I love them both right now. I'm big on Emma Stone in it. Um, but I, it's, I love this movie, and I love both of their performances so much. Um, yeah, I'm a stone. I'll solidify that I did not win. <laughs> okay. So, a few things I just want to cover. Uh, one, to say she's deserved her Oscar is the biggest bullshit statement that's ever been uttered, and that's a fact. Um, this man will tell you and sit on his high throne and throw shade at other actors and other actresses that have sang in musicals and called them complete garbage, but then claim tone deafness 
when Emma Stone is on film because this is the film that changed his life. That's laughable at this point. I would almost rather that Moonlight did not win Best Picture and La La Land did instead of Emma Stone winning the Oscar here because there have been shit movies that have won the Oscar. She doesn't deserve her Oscar. She needs to hand deliver that to whoever is available. She can't sing. This is a Hugh Jackman. This is a Russell Crowe. This is a Anne Hathaway. This is all these people. They get cast in different roles because of their star power and not because of their potential to sing. She can't sing. She's tone deaf. Gosling, you have lower. Emma Stone being higher is laughable at this point. Yeah, is her great scenes when she talks? Fine. I have no problem with that. But when she opens her mouth and tries to sing, she sounds like a tone deaf idiot. I don't understand it. I will never understand this film. This is just a jerk-off fest to old Hollywood, and that's why people give this movie a pass. And also, you're in my shit house. and I didn't even get to utter this today. You're in my shit house because two years ago, a movie came out, or three years ago, a movie came out called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You get watched that movie twice in a row, gave it three stars. The next year, you gave it four stars, and now it's sitting firmly at a five-star rating because now you understand what Tarantino was going for. It took you three viewings of a movie to realize what it was going for maybe you don't watch it on two times speed and put it on your damn phone and you can give a proper rating the first time this is a this is laughable this is offensive this is disrespectful and you should not have it this high you have al pacino in the godfather 2 and she couldn't even tie his shoes in that movie and you have her at 35 she can't sing the words given to her you're giving it by the dance scene outside the Hollywood sign, not by your performance alone. I stand by it. Uh, but how do you really feel? Yeah, I, I, I should have went first on this one. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with anything Cody said. I'm not as passionate about it. Um, I think she's all right. Um, I'm going to give you the same speech I gave Jack just because you enjoy the movie. Uh, there's a lot of other things going on. It doesn't mean she's given the 31st, 35th best performance of all time. A lot of movies, a lot of performances. 35 is high. Very high for this. And I think, you know, you love the movie. That's great. But there's a lot in this movie that you could love uh, more than this. Uh, oh, do we, is it to us now? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's already dead, so. Yeah, Okay. Real here's the thing with a lot of like quote unquote bad singing performances, pretty much unless it's like Russell Crowe levels of bad, I don't know what bad singing sounds like. I don't know. I'm not saying that. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying my ears just don't recognize it. That's not a problem with anybody. Else. I'm saying I don't realize what it like. I people will point out bad singing, and you could tell me the technicals, and I would be like, sure, I agree with you. I just, if it's, there's a point where, like, I can tell you something that is incredible singing, but pretty much, like, this range of eh to good, I can't really tell you the difference of that, to be honest. So that's why I don't have the problem with Emma Stone that everyone else does. Cody, I'm curious, who do you give it to that year for actress, since you said she didn't deserve it? I don't this know. This guy's a big, he's a big male, straight in Florence Foster Jenkins fan. He's big on that movie. I'm okay with that, actually. Let's give it to her. I'll have to look it up. I'll give it back after everybody talks. That's fair. That's fair. Um, the, the one thing I want to push back on, though, that Cody said, Cody lumped Anne Hathaway in there. Thank you. Can we give Anne Hathaway in Les Mis some credit? I think... No, because no, Cody's right about that one. No, no, no. Are you serious? 
Thought he was right about that one. Oh my god. I all miscast and no one can sing it to be fair the to be fair i was lumping wow. in lay miz she is by far the uh, uh, fine sasha baron cohen that's fine i was um, upset about this until he said ad hathaway wasn't as good as emma stone <laughs> in lay miz. that's crazy, crazy. um so I, I i like this performance um it's just not one that ran across my mind making this list. Um, overall, I think the nominees for that year are absolute garbage, to be honest, the movies I have seen. But uh, I think there's a missing, I think it's is Amy Adams in Arrival. Amy Adams in Arrival, and if you've yeah. seen 20th Century Women, uh, Annette yeah. Benning was not nominated. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, I would give the four people the nod over her. Um, that's just my take. I would give... Fine, Meryl Streep can have a fourth one. I'm fine with that. All right, what's your next one, Coho? I'm not trying to crawl out of the house when I live here. Jack, Jack, Jack hasn't gone. Oh, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll keep this. I'll keep this brief. You want to uh, die too? I'll keep this brief. Sorry, Emma Stone dude. is fine in this. She shouldn't have won. Amy Adams wasn't nominated, and that's a crime. Uh, yeah, no, nothing else to say. What's oh, her? I love Amaru. I love Amaru. Amaru. I'm be like, Jack, Amaru. Amigo, Amaru would be IG champion. Called you out for Vigo. I mean, yeah, I love that. Okay. That anyway, anyway, uh, to my number 34. Uh, we're going back to my favorite actor of all time. Uh, it's Al Pacino in Dog Day Afternoon. Yikes. There we go. I had him lower. We know, Jack, but Vigo. <laughs> That didn't help. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and married. <laughs> I thought awesome. you had more time. <laughs> All right. Uh, bar. Uh, this is the one that I might be in trouble for this week, but I don't care. I think that uh, Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's is a fantastic performance. Um, so let's get this out of the way. This movie has problems. Like big problems. Audrey Hepburn is not the problem, though. She's actually the best part of this movie. Um, just the way that she kind of navigates this character, because at first you kind of think, oh, she's just kind of this, this dumb person who is skating by on her charm and her personality and her attractiveness. And then the layers start to show. They're really subtle, but they do start to like slowly build up. Um, until the big explosion where you find out, spoiler alert, um, where her brother died. And that, you can just tell the emotional punch that that takes uh, and just completely changes her character. Um, it, it's just like a really good, solid performance that it's captivating. Um, and as much as you kind of don't want to like this character you absolutely do and she's just effortless in this performance um yeah very problematic film but amazing performance um so i've been on record i've said this numerous times audrey hepburn is very overrated as an actress i don't understand the love i don't understand the i understand probably back then the star power um but I don't understand it now. Um, this is literally a typical movie that I just don't 
find enjoyable whatsoever. And I don't think her performance is anything what it is. I think this movie has like more of a, I thought, a hold on Hollywood, you know, um, the song, like, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know, that part growing up. I was like, hey. I don't understand why that song's become more iconic than the song that's actually from this goddamn movie. Because it should be, Bob. (laughs) People are national heroes and should be treated as such. That's fair. But overall, I thought this I thought this performance was very like off. I don't love it. I would put her and Roman Holiday higher than this. That's just my take. You had her both and you put this higher. I, this is probably her I don't know like what her top movie is, but I would consider Breakfast at Tiffany's like in the same like realm of bring up, but I've seen her in a couple things now. Um what's that dark movie? Wait uh Wait until dark. Wait until dark. Uh, Roman Holiday, stuff like that that I've seen her in, I like more. I think she's a better overall performance than this. I feel she's very mute. I feel like she's kind of like typecast of who she kind of was probably back at the time. Like a fat, Oh, like, no, character. no. If you see the, anything about her, it, this is complete opposite of her. Okay, well, that's fair. Maybe that's just what they presented out in the media. So, but that is what it is. I, I still stand by I don't love this performance. Uh, Kirk. Yeah, I mean, I obviously disagree with Cody. I really like Audrey. Um, I like this performance. I think it's good. Um, I think this is another one for me. It's hard to draw a line between performance and character. And I think it's very relies very heavily on her charm and her charisma is makes a big part of it. Um, I think she, there's other, and you may have Audrey on your list again. I don't know. It's very possible. But I think she has roles that are less showy, but are better pure acting performances. So uh, this, this is another one that. Uh, this is, this is another one that is uh, this is another one that uh, it, uh, I, I think it's I'm okay that you have it on the list. I think the 30s are high for it. Okay. Uh, everybody else. Audrey Hepburn. Never seen it. I've seen one Hepburn uh, movie and it's I really didn't like it. What so movie long. was that, Jack? Uh, My Fair Lady. Watch more of her. Watch time. it again for picture this. I, I will. Sundays. Will. I I actually really like Hepburn's performance in this. What? I said Sunday. I thought I did. Oh, oh, I thought you, oh, I thought you said Monday. My bad. I thought you were telling me. Anyway. Sorry. I actually really like Hepburn in this. I think that she's doing a lot here, and I, I think it really works for me. I, I, I really enjoy this performance, actually. This is, like, probably my second favorite Hepburn performance, second or third, probably overall. It's, it's like this. And then like the two she did in 67, like just those, those are probably my three, uh, but yeah, she's great in this, in my opinion. She's also great in Sabrina. Just saying that. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, 36. Uh, my number 36 is uh, Natalie Portman and closer. Oh, and he's going to do both. My number 35 is Clive Owen and Closer. Back to back. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, I think that both of these performers are giving uh, great performances acting opposite of um, Jude Law and Julia Roberts. But the reason I put them side by side is because of the strip club scene. Um, I think that scene, when it comes to acting, is really great uh mainly because clive owens 
his de- his like heartbreak and desperation are blending into this like really ugly cocktail that really comes out in this moment. And Natalie Portman has such control in this scene. Like she knows exactly how to manipulate him in this moment. And it's done with so much ease, but the tension still builds between the two of them and their chemistry is amazing in that. Um, But even opposite, even outside of that scene, they're both great. Uh, Especially the scene where Clive Owens is um, in his own, in his doctor's office and he's talking to Jude Law's character. And it's just a disgusting smarmy moment but you totally understand why he's doing it um the two of them are absolutely fantastic but that strip club scene is the reason they're this high and and back to back bar i'm so confused i watched this today i don't see it i don't see it in either performance i kind of I don't like this movie at all. <laughs> I'll just get it out of the way. I don't like this movie at all. Uh, I read I read your review like halfway through the movie. I was like, maybe he'll tell me something that I'm missing. The strip club scene, I don't know how. I, f- I don't know why. I don't know how you see it so high as you do. I don't see it that high. I thought it was a fine performance. I think Clive Owen's like, given a very Clive Owen performance. I don't know. I don't think anybody's really that great in this movie. And I was expecting a lot more from Portman, Owen, uh, Jude Law, and Julia Roberts. I think they're all fine. It's just, it, it's no fault to the performances. One, you have them both this high. So I would, they, they carry weight and they both carry placements uh, right above each other. I just, I couldn't, I didn't gravitate to the story. The characters didn't work for me. The performances didn't stand out to me. I mean, I mean, Natalie Portman was, you know, attractive in this movie, but that's about all that was going for me. So, uh, Kirk, you haven't seen Closer, right? We talked about this. Earlier. I haven't seen Closer. Um, I love Clive Owens a lot. Um, I'm a big fan. Shoot him up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, among other things. But uh, not. 35, 35, I don't know, man. I something about this. Of all the movies that you could have paired together, like this isn't as bad as Boatman straight up cheating and putting two performances in one pick, but there's something about just like you could have had like El Pacino and Chris Sarandon back to back or something like that. But you know, you're telling me that this obscure little Mike, like career Mike Nichols movies just happens to have two of the top 36 all time performances in it. Something fishy here. Something. And my thing for Mike Nichols, like I would have believed, like Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton paired next to each other. I would have taken uh, Anne Bancroft and Dustin Hoffman in The Graduate. Like those are the two that I would have like. But this is a weird pairing for me. I don't know. I think you stumbled this week for me. That's just my take on it. Um, well, I to say else. some of those performances aren't coming up. So. Never seen it. That's right. Uh, yeah, I think that Owen is. Good, I he I think he earns his nomination that year, but like I don't know if I would even consider him for a one hundred. Portman, I think is quite good. Portman, I actually think is doing a lot here and a lot under the surface because she she I think has the toughest role because she has to be so many different things, 
and kind of different things with different people. She gets the best line in the movie, the best lines, but also just the best line of lying is the most fun someone can do without. A girl can have without taking her clothes off. But it's better if you do, both yeah. of which are Panic at the Disco song lyrics, or song title. <laughs> uh, Where do you think they got that from? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, this, I, I really like Portman. Owen is solid. Okay, Jack. Julia uh, Roberts is kind of bad in this. That's the one. Yeah, thing. kind of. Uh, I haven't seen it. I've heard of it, but there's a Natalie Portman performance that uh, is better. I haven't seen this movie, but I know it. it I know it because that, that performance is incredible. Uh, Had me. Short years later. <laughs> She's not in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I said Padme. You missed it. Okay. Um. Next one. Oh uh, shit! Jesus Christ! You're not wrong. No, he's not wrong. He's. I not know. Wrong. Like there are a few exceptions, but he's not wrong. That is a correct. That's honestly a correct. One of the most overrated actresses of all time. If we're being totally honest. Dude, I kind of love that. Like Brockovich, Brockovich, I'll give you Brockovich and Magnolias, and that's it. Okay, uh, what's okay. your next one? Uh, my number thirty-four. Uh, we talked about one uh, during, I think, the first episode of this series. Uh, we're going to talk about the second one, Michael Caine in Sleuth. Cool. So. I really like both performances in this movie, but Michael Caine is the one that stands out to me the most um, because he's doing the, this kind of like back and forth between uh, completely in over his head uh, and absolutely kind of taking control of the situation in a way that I don't want to spoil it. But he does something in the second half of this movie um, that it's completely different than the first half, like performance-wise. Um, and that great balancing act and that control and that intimidating factor that he has at some points uh, versus the completely helpless moments that he has in other points. It's just a great tightrope act that he does throughout this entire movie. And he's just absolutely captivating. Yeah, I love when people bring up like opposing roles in movies. Like, so I had this person, but I didn't have the other person. It's kind of like when you guys with Sweet Smell of Success. I agree with you. If I had to pick one, it's Michael Caine in this movie. I think Michael Caine is heavy lifting, like insane. One of the greatest, one of the greatest performances I've seen. And I think the movie kind of switches for me. Not saying it's bad before this, but when it does do the switch and it canes them, it takes a whole different level. I'm like, okay, can uh, Bowman? Bowman's pretty high on this movie. Bowman, and then all of a sudden, whoosh, I'm like, okay, I can kind of see why now. So Kane, really good, really good performance. Um, oh, and by the way, we're talking about the '70s version of Sleuth, not the Kenneth Branagh version. Oh, dang it, my bad. I, no, I'm just kidding. I, I've only seen that one. Uh, no, it's another Jude Law. No, but no, uh, great choice. Um, I mean, Michael Caine is in both. He is. That was a joke. 
Thanks for catching up. It's better when you explain it. Um, yeah, I, have, I, I, I have it. I have it. Look, seen. Jack doesn't know about movies. I wanted to help train. I know Michael <laughs> King is in both versions. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Bowman got shot, so he's like, you know what? Let me shoot the less fortunate person on call. Oh, yeah. Jack, have I'm you ever been to Dallas in 1963? You don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the Jack. Um, I, have not, <laughs> I, I have not seen Sleuth. I almost watched Sleuth last week, but I couldn't find it for free. So, which Get Carter instead? Was Get Carter the other movie you had? Bar? What? No, I did not have Get Carter. I have not uh, seen that. He was he was good to Get Carter. So, if he's good as this is good in Get Carter, then I'll accept it. Um, everybody else. Everybody else. I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. I I mean, I picked I picked Olivier, and he was down in like ninety nine, ninety eight area. Like Michael Caine's just off the list. I almost put them both. I decided to just pick the one I like more. I like Olivier a little bit more. I like how in the second half he's on his back foot. Um, I like that performance a lot. But I think Michael Caine's brilliant. They like hold their own with each other uh, throughout the whole way. So I can't, I can't fault you. So Olivier that. and Kane, one made lost your list because you didn't want to double up, but Gosling and Stone. That makes sense. I mean, both deserve it. The the other two don't. Not as much. Yeah, my I. It's hard to talk about why Kane is so good without spoiling the movie. Yeah. Like there's a specific yeah. thing about yeah. the second half that Kane does that is fantastic. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, this is a performance that actually like was in consideration for my list and missed out. It's a great pick. All right. Boat. Let's take us on a journey. Let's let's take a tour. Okay, my 37 is Shirley MacLaine in The Apartment. Yikes. That is a yikes. My 36 is the reason why I am incredibly disappointed that Kirk Kalkowski is here. It is Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. No yikeses. No one had him earlier, I don't believe. No. I just want to reiterate that. I'm going to get screwed out of those points when we come to grading. But I want to make that clear. I had Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man, Cody. These yahoos did not. I had it. Uh, Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. Can't wait for uh, Barr's teammate to help him out tonight. Um, I I can't. I, I think the Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man is fantastic. Um, I don't want to allude to it too much, but there's a thing said in a certain 2008 comedy and this movie is referenced in that moment and I think it's like a point in that Hoffman has to do, has a very tough job because if he goes just a little bit more, this performance gets super offensive and I feel like he does it just enough. It's just the right balance. It's such a tightrope walk. And I think Hoffman finds all the perfect emo- emotions for Charlie Babbitt or for Raymond Babbitt, Raymond Babbitt. And I, I think that it's, it's a real, there are some really heartwarming moments, but then you've also got some really funny moments. Uh, people's cart, uh, three, three thirty people's cart job with rock. Like that's great. I, I think that Hoffman is just phenomenal. In this. I think the performance is okay. No, just kidding. Um, so, uh, 
I haven't actually. I'm surprised I haven't done it. I need to. It's probably rank his performances. I haven't really ranked it. Um, you did the thing with the video store. Yeah, but I haven't made my own list. Um, this is top three for me of Hoffman's career. Um, I understand. I I I block out the noise of the sub- subject matter of like him playing the role stuff like that. I, don't, I just don't care. Um. At the time, he does an absolutely incredible job. I think it helps a lot because I think Tom, I think Tom Cruise, like one of Tom Cruise's best roles too, when he has to play off of Raymond. And like, I absolutely love like him sitting on the porch and him talking about people's court, talking about people's court. And like Tom Cruise, like, listen, buddy, listen, ma'am, if you do not play people's court, you're going to have a freaking incident when you're in out this porch. And I can't help you. Drops the toothpicks, says all the things, like doesn't know any of the subject, like thing, the counting the cars. He's just overall transforms into this role and he does such a great job. I, I just, Rain Man is just a movie I really enjoy and I really like to go back to because it's something that just doesn't it doesn't have um, it just has like this brother vibe to it that I just really really enjoy and I think his performance is top tier above all. Anybody want to know why Coho joined the dark side? I'm not sure but he was completely red a second ago. Uh, Kirk, Dustin Hoffman Rain Man. Okay. First of all, but we need to calm down because I really like Hoffman too. Maybe not as much as Cody, but I'm a Hoffman fan. And I think his performance is great. No, Cliff um, <laughs> But uh, this, yeah, I think what's, what, what's, what's great about this is the whole crux of his character, the whole conflict of the movie is that this character is so disconnected and is just so far removed from other people. Um, and he plays that plays that up but still plays it in a way where as the audience you can still connect to him there's enough there um that you can connect to this character and care about him and go on this journey with him and i um definitely think he elevates uh cruz's performance by a lot in this movie um just by the little bit that he does um so yeah i think there's yeah it's it's so hard and say again like you said can you say what you will about you know looking at it through 2020 eyes or 2022 eyes and what it is you know should have been or whatever there's not a ton there for him to latch on to um and he and he really digs into it and makes makes the best of it okay uh next one oh don't they get to talk oh yeah about- everybody else and doesn't hop in the radio i've never seen it i have jack have you seen uh, it yeah i have uh it's a good movie it, it's a really heartwarming watch i, I love uh tom cruise and Dustin Hoffman in this. I don't know which I like better personally. They're both great. Uh, but yeah, good pick. Yeah, no, really good pick. Um, I think the character's just been parodied so much. It, And this is no fault of Hoffman. It's not Hoffman's fault about this. Um, I think I just need to rewatch it. It's been a long Hop, time. <laughs> Why'd you just bark like a dog? I said cop out. <laughs> oh, the, I said all I heard, all I heard was you like going. I, I heard. Cop I was out. coughing. Cop don't worry, man. I heard it. Okay. Get better at what you want to do, then. Bruce, what's the cop out? Is your next on your list? That's crazy. <laughs> Why would you just blow it all up right there, boats? That's. Um. Just. Um. Okay. So, what's your next one, Bowman? Uh, my next one, my thirty-five. 
jacket ready. My 35 is uh, Louise Fletcher in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I had her earlier. Oh, you had her. Never mind then. Uh, yep. We'll talk about her now. Uh, yeah. Talk about a cold, heartless performance. Like, there is just... Like, there are villains in movies who are, more strictly speaking, evil in terms of more mass carnage or wider range of malicious and wider power structures. But there is something so evil and cold and heartless about Nurse Ratched. It is truly terrifying because of how real it feels. It is one of the most real portrayals of evil I've ever seen in a film. I think she is so terrifying. And the way she kind of plays the, that deadly game of cat and mouse, mouse with McMurphy is so like fascinating. Like it's clearly an ego thing for her. It's it's such a fantastic malicious performance. I love this performance. Makes the movie for me. Yeah. Uh yeah, she was my number 50. Uh talk about a great uh like just a perfect villainous performance. Uh you uh and like 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 Boatman said, there's villains uh, that are villains because they are they cause mass destruction and mayhem. But then there's, but then there's Louise Fletcher who is just the a cold-hearted person. Like here's the thing, uh, when when watching this movie uh, for the first time, uh, I, I had no idea. Like uh, everyone had said, Louise Fletcher one of the greatest villains of all time, and me thinking, we'll see. Uh, I was blown away. There is just a cold emptiness behind her eyes in this film that uh, it is just so unsettling in every scene, in her all of her little interactions with uh, with the patients, especially with Billy uh, and with uh, Randall. Just a great villainous turn, and yeah, hell of a performance. Deserved to win her Oscar. Um, listen, there's a performance maybe coming up on somebody's list, so I won't uh, speak it, but her, Louise, uh, Louise Flesher, uh, Jenny from Forrest Gump, when you think of, when you think of villainous female performances, those all ring a bell. Um, listen, I still, the scene where Jack Nicholson goes up and says, we have the vote, we have the vote and stop. And just says it like just point blank, just sorry. Better luck next time. Just basically just and just the descent into madness that he goes from her. She's just and like the the speech she gives the one guy in the the room, like how your mother will feel, like how you're like really? basically just beats him down and just makes him like go crazy. Yeah. It's so it's she's She's one of the all-time best. There's something that just doesn't equal her at all. So, yeah, I don't blame you at all. Great performance. Just definitely deserves to be on the list. Um, again, this is a movie I don't love. I respect it a lot more than I love, but her performance is great. Um, <laughs> goodness. Uh, everybody else, why do um, you have this performance? Oh, Kurt first. So. That's good. Like, um, yeah, this. what's great about this performance is, to, for me anyway, and, 
one of the great things about it is it's the uh, you, you can interpret it different ways. Like I don't see her as just pure evil. I mean, at her core, yes. But what's great about her is that she's built up this. Like I think consciously, she's led herself to believe that she's honestly helping these people, and that's like her defense. And she has this sadistic streak, and she has the opportunity to to unleash it on these on the, the people at this hospital. But she honestly has convinced herself that she's helping them. And you know, you think about that that, that speech where, when they're in the boardroom, they're talking about what to do with Jack Nichols. She's like, "Yeah, I think we can really help them." And like, I th- she really feels that it's till it, that that moment you brought up, Cody, when he said she says to Billy, "Billy, what would your mother think?" That's the moment you see that drop, and that you see the maliciousness and the intent to do harm. Uh, but I think she walks that line so well of masking that, not just for us, but for herself. And that's right. what makes her so terrifying is that she thinks she's doing that. She believes that she's doing the right thing. So, yeah, this is an amazing performance. And she plays obviously off of Nicholson and everybody else doing so much great work uh, in the ensemble. Uh, but, yeah, she's fantastic. Yep. Um, so for me, this is this movie was sort of like a Fargo situation where there are so many performances that I kind of would have put on this list that I felt like I would just kind of be flooding it. Um, so I already picked Brad Dourif. There's another one coming up. So she's easily someone I was considering, but I just kind of didn't want to flood the market. Um, I'm kind of with Cody in the fact that I like, I don't really love one flew of the cougar says as a movie. I respect it. Um, I can respect that all these performances are really good. Uh, none of them super grab me the way they do other people. She is the best performance in the movie. Uh, but no one from One Flew of the Cuckoo's this was really going to make this list for me. Yeah, I do think the two main people in this movie are top tier right. acting performances. So, that's oh yeah. Um, all right, what's your thirty-four? My thirty-four is. Uh, oh, my thirty-four. Hi, is Sam Rockwell and Teddy Bullboy. Albert Brooks and Sam Rockwell in the same week. Wow. Albert Brooks wow. and Sam Rockwell, same week. I have uh, I had this moment for a while. I had this at 56. Yeah. Uh, I've heard people compare this. You know, I'm going to get out of the way. No. This isn't, this isn't Wild Bill from the Green Mile. It's not the same performance. It's it's a different performance. Cody's gonna say that. Cody was gonna say this is Sam Rockwell's character in Green Mile. Not what I was gonna say, but that's right. Oh, fair. That's what you told me on when we No, were... you you again missing misinformation. Fair miss her. I don't you said Sam Rockwell can only play racist hillbillies. I mean he's really good at it, which makes me worried about him, but other than that, okay, that's anyway. I think Sam Rockwell's great in this because he has to like weave through so many different modes because he has to be a little bit scary. He has to be a little bit funny. He has to be a little bit just hateable, but not to the point where we just like don't even trust him. I think it's a really tough job and I think he nails it perfectly. And I think he's like, such a perfect offset from um, Francis McDormand char- McDormand's character because he is like this the scene where he goes uh, to the to the advertising billboard guy and just 
trucks him out the window. There's so much because he's so distraught about Woody Harrelson that he's just, he's clearly just not in the right mental state. And there's, there's just something so scary about seeing that pure rage infest in a human. Uh, and I think Sam Rockwell is so scary, but then he gets those funny moments. I think it's a fantastic performance. Um, yeah. Jack, where did you have him? 51. Oh, so you were above me, all right. Okay, just barely, I think. But yeah, no, Sam Rockwell's incredible in this. Uh, it. Uh, I, Boatman alluded to uh, the specific moment I was going to talk about uh, where, where, where he, uh, or not alluded to, but he, he talked about the moment where he throws Red out the window. But just before that, uh, where it's him and the other cop who like, they, they fucking hate each other throughout this movie. When the, the two of them are just uh, hugging in the bathroom, they're, they're in tears. They're both distraught over Willoughby. That's one of the most just honest uh, moments in that film of just, uh, it's just a beautiful moment between those two. And then Rockwell, uh, you can see, you can see it on his face. He turns and when he walks across the street to the advertising building, uh, you know what's going to happen. And it, it's, it's fantastic. I think the scene uh, where the police station uh, is catches on fire is fantastic. Uh, when he's reading the letter to Willoughby, he's not saying a word, but he, uh, his performance in that scene is strong. It, literally in every scene in this film, he is the, except, uh, except maybe a couple with uh, Francis McDormand. He is the standout uh, for me. I love him to, uh, to death in this movie. And I, out of the nominees, absolutely, he deserved to win the Oscar. So, Yeah, um, so they pointed out the, um, the scene where he goes to Red and throws him out a window. Um, I also want to point out the scene where he's reading the letter when the station's on fire, because it's, it, it's sort of like when I talked about um, a couple episodes ago, how he's not playing as if he knows what's coming up. Um, it, it's just a pure moment of realization. Um, and that's hard to do. And there, I think there are some lines that are like so sneaky hard to deliver correctly, such as, what? You can't, like, that, it, it's just a lot of pure moments like that, that just build up uh, to the point of where it just kind of all collapses on him and the regret sinks in. And I think that regret is really delivered incredibly well um, towards the latter end of this movie. So yeah, I really like this performance a lot. Yeah, he plays a dipshit super well in this movie. Like, overall, let's just give him the credit for what he does. They try to redeem him at the end, too, which makes this character even worse for me. I hate this performance. I don't think this performance is good. Like, you talk about the scene where he, like, well, yeah, he reads the letter, he goes over there and throws the guy out the fucking window. It doesn't help me in the overall acting scene. He just, and then at the end, we're all supposed to be like, yeah, oh man, he tried to help Francis finally at the end. Like, that's the redeeming point of her. I think my statement was if you're going to include anything from Rockwell, I think these have been better in other films. He does play a racist really well. He does a really good job at that. But they brush over that really quickly in this movie, if you think about it. Like, oh, all against black people, but they don't they do not do any of the follow-ups. But he looks like the hero at the end because he got burned and beat at the end. 
Like that's no, he doesn't. Yes, we're going back to talking points. Um, I don't know what show he thinks he's just on, but this is not first take, and you do not just get to talk whenever you want. This is my turn to talk. Uh, you had your counterpoints. You could have brought it all up. Um, uh, I think overall, you can bring him back. That's fine. He can join. This fu- no, this fucker keeps clicking it while I'm trying to do my job and put it back in. T- Stop um, touching my so fucking my, controls, bitch. My take on it is Rockwell is like, like, good job. You won the Oscar for fumbling through things. Oh, Woody Harrelson is better in this movie overall. Like, that's the way better performance in this entire movie because he has to play both sides of it. He's misled. He's thinking, but oh, the the bubbling idiot outside the the, of the, in the police force is the trying to be the savior of the city at the very end. Like, no, like, yeah, he goes through stuff. He goes through, um, Woody Harrelson's death, but that doesn't save you as a character and justify all your actions and make his performance groundbreaking in any way or shape or form. I've seen, I live in Missouri, and I'm telling you right now, I've seen that cop numerous times in my life. He's a bumbling idiot, and that's his Oscar performance. And you're wanting to tell me that he deserved the Oscar? I'm sorry, there's a person nominated this year. His name is Willem Dafoe in the Florida Project, and he would like to have a conversation about that Oscar. Thank you. Definitely deserved the Oscar over him. But again, we give Rockwell because for some reason. Uh, Maybe because he was going to give a good speech. I don't know. Ridiculous to me. And Francis McDormand, Miles. Miles better than Rockwell in this movie. He did give a good speech, though. Um, sure. Okay, okay, Boatman. So did McConaughey. For this is true. McConaughey did give a good speech for Dallas Buyers, but he does not deserve it. Boatman. Oh, she did cover too. This will make up for Dustin Hoffman because I actually don't hate this performance. I do think he's the third best in the movie, um, but I still think he's pretty good. Uh, I I disagree with Cody. I think the ending is a little more ambiguous than what he's making it out to be. Uh, but I, I think this is the most acting that uh, Rockwell's done because he does plays a lot of characters that are that are. But even the Green Mile, it's there's a, there. I see a lot. I see a lot more of him of Rockwell in Green Mile than I do in this character. That's um, so. But I, that's I also dis- that's also disarming. I like. <laughs> I I, I like I do think I, I like William Defoe's performance better uh, in Florida Project, but I'm I'm glad said Rockwell's an Oscar. So it's the only one on this panel who doesn't have Sam Rockwell on his list. Uh, William Defoe correctly on my list because he should have won. Um, sorry, I said this earlier. <laughs> William Defoe should have an Oscar for the Florida Project, and Sam Rockwell should have been nominated for and and maybe even won for the Way Way Back. I think he's better in the way way back than this, uh, but I think that's the Rockwell that I like. I think that's Rockwell's best. You don't get a nod when- for the way way back. You gave me crap for it when I had it. I think that, but if I'm putting these two performances together, I would give him the way way back over this performance. I think this performance is not great. I think my biggest issue, all my big issues with Rockwell's performance have already been covered by everyone else already. Um, I think he's solid. Um, I don't think he should have the Oscar for it. I honestly am to the point where I think I like Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water more in that class also. I think Jenkins does an incredible job in Shape of Water. Um, the the two guys uh, are, are still barred from Call Me By Your Name. 
also better than him, but wasn't nominated because we didn't nominate Stuhlbarg for some reason for that movie. Um, like, I just think Rockwell does not deserve his Oscar in that year at all. There's a much, that's a very strong class of supporting performances, even if the Oscar class does not totally reflect it outside of Defoe and Jenkins. Um, but like, I think that's a brilliant year. You have people like Ray Romano in the big sick who are better than Sam Rockwell. Like that didn't get reflected either. But yeah, I'm just saying, I'm just saying Defoe should have an Oscar and he was on my list. I had Emma Stone on my list. So I'm trying to save myself. That's not true. Sorry. Sorry. I speak the truth and you're a fucking moron who only jerks off to Sam Rockwell and Albert Brooks. Grow up and stop sucking it off a little bit, Boat. You know, it's real. You it's like real two funny actors. How... You like you like two actors in this life, and you're doing everything you can to go. Oh, he likes the Emma Stone performance because you know that you done fucked up, Aaron. You know, it's real funny how Coho can sit up here and go, "Oh, Sam Rockwell's a ver- an overrated actor when he's praised." I didn't say those words. Shut the fuck now. up, cowboy boy. Go be an extra in the next Creed movie, because you clearly need your ears cleaned, and you need a doctor to pay for you to get them clean, because you fucking did not hear what I said. So get out of my face. Jack, go fucking don't, the, step cam off. Cam off before you say shit, buried boy. Yeah, but the couldn't do anything if he tried. Sorry he has more awards and more accolades than your bitch Sam Rock will ever win. Jack, can we go to your next performances? I, I want to I take back that one mineral Miranda thing because they know someone. I won't take back my Sam Rockwell thing. You, you I'm lost all take of that back because there's somebody watching and they'll be mad. Can, can, can you hear me? Can you see I, I me? Because when y'all started yelling at each other, I started cutting out. So, well, and I, I, I need clarification of what Lynn Manuel Miranda's uh, performance were insulting or not insulting. I was he was insulting Hamilton. To, I was just trying to make Coho mad, to be honest. Okay. Well, right. you failed. Okay, Jack, tell us what. All right, next uh, am I coming through? Okay, because yeah, uh, yeah, okay, cool. You're gonna Perfect. wish you cut out. Uh, I, I really do wish that because my 37 is Hugh Jackman in Bad Education. Hold on, hold on. Don't talk What's yet. This? Don't okay. don't talk yet. Do you think that smoking drugs is cool? Now, now, something that has that came to my attention a couple nights ago. I apologize. I was not aware there was no theatrical release for this. I, um, <laughs> I, I apologize, but nevertheless, oh, it's going to be pissed. But nevertheless, Hugh Jackman is fan fucking fantastic in this film. He he plays just the perfect perfect uh perfect villain here because he is he's this person who is uh who genuinely does care for the uh for the the welfare of this school district that he runs for the for the kids that that are in that are in it but he's also a great a asshole who has been embezzling uh hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars uh, from the district and his uh and the performance uh his his performance in uh, in that final scene where uh between uh between him and the I can't remember her name in the film but uh the the student who's uh running the new or who's writing the story for the school newspaper uh that that scene between the two of them where Hugh Jackman says uh 
like basically says, look, I know, but if you, if you write this, this could do a lot of damage to, uh, to everything we've worked for, uh, in this, in this place. And, uh, that final shot of him, uh, that final shot of him is just absolutely perfect, uh, of him, uh, in the prison, uh, uh, it's it's hard to explain, but him him on stage uh, with the number one banner uh, behind him. Perfect final shot for this film. Great performance, and yeah, I, I love the hell out of him out of him in this film. Uh, one of his better performances, absolutely. Listen, Jack. The concept of this movie. A lot of fun, really is. But I want to make this very clear: TV movies do not appear on Wireless. They just don't. I don't like them. Um, the only time they've ever appeared, I believe, is Top Forty Animated. I think I made a special agreement for that. Uh, right. Um, I got bullied by Paulo Yama. <laughs> You didn't get bullied. I think you made a fair point. I think you made a fair point. Um, Zach Ford has a small axe episode on his top 100. He did have true. small axe on his That's list. true. So, I'm not the most egregious. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, you, just put, uh, you just put Hugh Jackman in 37 as the like the top tier. That's that's just nutty to me. I, I can't stand by and agree with that. Allison mm-hmm. Janney is the best acting performance in this movie, and it's not even close. Like It's not close. Hugh Jackman doesn't do anything. There's one scene. There's one scene that he is better than he is the rest of the movie. It comes in. He talks about the flight to Paris and the two planes and who's this person. And he like starts going at the guy. And you see the turn from who he is to what he is. Yeah, this is nuts. This is nuts. I just, there's no way that this performance is up there. Um, Especially just uh, even if it's, I know Hugh Jackson's your favorite actor, and that's fine. But you come in, you even did a debate one time, and you mentioned hit, this performance, and I was like, dude, I watched that movie. I don't get it. I rewatched that movie. I still don't fucking understand it. Like he doesn't do anything crazy. I haven't seen the front runner, but I guarantee he's probably better than the front runner. Like if I'm gonna be real honest, like, I saw him both. He is. He is. I just think like I think he. That's I think he's. I think he's gonna be better in other films. That's just my opinion on that. So. Um, 37 crazy. The performances you have higher, you literally, you it's basically walking past. You shove League Jacob in the face, you punch Jimmy Stewart for uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, you hug Vigo Mortensen, and you're like, you know what? I put you in your rifle spot. 37 Jackman for bad education. Nutty to me, nutty. Uh, everybody else. Oh, well, Kirk, have you seen this movie? I have not seen it, but I don't know what's going on. Listen to Jack. I mean, he used the word perfect like six times. And then he's like, this is one of Jackman's better performances. And then 37 all time. I just, I don't know what's happening. Everybody so, else. So I, I've seen Bad Education. I like Bad Education. I think Hugh Jackman's pretty good in Bad Education. But again, like this is a TV movie, it doesn't belong here. Um, and Cody's right, Allison Janney is definitely the best part of this. Um, fantastic performance from her. Uh, but yeah, yeah. If, um, good. If your name is Allison Janney, Sam Rockwell, Albert Brooks, or Paul Giamatti, 
you're in a movie, you're probably the best thing in that movie. That's just a fact. Unless it's three billboards outside of Missouri. Anyway. You're an idiot. Um, having seen this, um, it's one of the few TV film movies I've watched in the last couple of years. Um, it's really good. It's really good. It's TV. It feels like it, a TV I, movie. It does feel like a TV movie, too. The only thing I love, too, is he gets an annual salary still from the pension program. Look, that's fantastic. He gets $170,000 <laughs> yeah, right. of this law in the pension program. That's great. Like, you embezzle all this money, and you still get you, – you're going to be a millionaire in 10 years. Like, that's crazy. Um, oh, um, just to let you know, we're entering the part of the show. I'm just going to speed people up a little bit. Like, let's not talk for too long if you don't have it on your thing. Um, uh, Jack. All right, my thirty-six. Yeah, it's it, it's no meme or lot for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I know Kirk oh. and Cody dislike this movie. Sorry, Fine. But no meme or lot gives a incredible performance here. The, like, like perform. Like, there's a lot of like I said a few times before. There's a lot of big showy bombastic performances but there is something really uh really compelling about a subtle performance and and that is what Nomi Merlant is giving here uh it's a movie uh where th this is a performance where very uh where there is not uh as much dialogue uh to drive characters uh to drive the to drive the performance forward but the the facial, uh, the facial acting in this film, great. Uh, she, the fact that uh, friends didn't submit this for Oscar recognition pisses me off because she should have been nominated, and she's incredible. Holy shit, I love this film. I just rewatched it uh, a few days ago, and yeah, it, it, I, it hurt me all over again, and oh, and it's all because of her performance. She's fantastic. I love this movie to death. You're muted. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I wish my house was on fire when I was watching this because that would be more exciting because things would actually happen. You literally just said facial acting and I literally about just threw up in my mouth. I'm going to be honest with you. I know that's a thing, but God, this movie is long. It is boring. It is... I couldn't... I'm going to be real honest with you, Jack. This is the nicest thing I can say. And this would show my ignorance, and I understand that fully, and I accept that. I don't know who the fuck this is. <laughs> could be real honest with you. I could, you couldn't tell me who's who. I don't know. It's all blended together. I felt at one point watching it, my eyes go cross at one point because I'm like zoning out. I don't care. Is this the lady or is this the fire? <laughs> and like, I understand. I'm not the I. I'm not the biggest foreign film fan. I that is a criticism I will take. But I've watched foreign films that I enjoy. This one gets way too much buzz, too much love. Like for the example, Parasite. Very high, very praised. But I watch that movie and I understand that. I really do. I get. Do I love it as much as everybody? No. But th like that no, not a chance. Like this movie, I'm I'm still so baffled by it. I'm still I'm still really baffled by it. Um, Kirk, 
I know me and you feel pretty similar about this. Is is this the blonde or the brunette? It's the brunette. It doesn't matter because they both do the exact same thing in the whole movie. Um, Yeah, this is, I mean, like, what? I understand what's happening in this movie, the world they live in. There's not much they can do but stare at each other. But that's all they do is stare at each other. That, that, That was the direction. Go stare at her for two hours, and then the other one's going to cry at the end. You at least could have picked the one that cried because she at least she showed some emotion. Um, yeah, face acting. Let's take this performance in this movie and Scarlett Johansson and her and combine those, and we'll have one full performance because we have a face and we have a voice. Um, this is yeah, this movie. This is this is one of the three most overrated movies of the decade. Um, I do not understand what's happening. Like why this movie gets. It's not a horribly made movie, but it's just not interesting or like doesn't do anything. Like I said, especially the performances. If you were to say some things about the uh, like other parts of this movie, um, you want to talk about cinematography or score or something. Okay, we'll have that conversation. But the performance, there's nothing, literally nothing to it. Um, it's not subtle. It's just non-existent. There's a difference between the two. Um, so yeah, I will also state. You make no sense as a human being, and I mean that in the nicest way possible. Like I'm not. Oh, paying, I'm you aware. Make, you have you have you have bad education at this, and then Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and Viggo Mortensen in Lord of the Rings. Like what is happening? Like these don't even. Like if you look through my top 100, you'd be like, okay, I can see the, I can see it. Those make a little bit of sense. They all like fall in the same realm. This is like you threw a, you threw a dart. At DVDs and said, "That's it. That's what I'm gonna love." I'm so weirded out. Everybody, quick on this performance in a Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I haven't, I haven't seen it. it. Portrait of a Lady on Fire fucking sucks. Uh, you have it at four it. stars, bitch. Shut no, up. I don't, bitch. It's at three stars. You dumb whore. It's. Well, what, I give it three once, stars because it looks pretty. Once what the director is going for, it will be a five star. The movie looks pretty. The performances <laughs> went sniff. My top 1,000. I don't think there's anything here to like except it looks pretty. I wish Spence was here. I wish Spence was here too because they fucking suck. Joseph. They they would be getting blocked quick on this conversation. Oh, right? Oh, I saw that too. Joseph. Joseph, I might put your time out for some shit like that. Anyway, I will also also say super fast. Spence was like, this is the best movie of the year and better than Parasite and should have won Best International Feature. And told me that after I'd seen Parasite three times. So my hype expectations were very, 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 very high. And um, yeah, no. You're right, Mason. According to me, three stars means it's mid. And it is mid. Anyway. Yeah, you said the stars. That's fair. Um, Okay, next one. Okay, uh, my number 35 is Ian McKellen in The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. It, like I said before, what do you expect? Anyways, Ian McKellen giving a, a just a few. Uh, this is this is Gandalf to a T. Uh, Ian McKellen takes the character of Gandalf and brings him to life in an absolutely perfect way because uh if you were to if you, I, I don't want to make too many comparisons to the book but if you were to read the book you'd believe you'd believe that he was Gandalf because he's incredible in this and uh every scene between him and Pippin is 
is hilarious. Every scene between him and Frodo is beautiful and touching. Uh, this the scene be- uh, between the two of them in the mines of Moria, uh, where where Frodo says, uh, "Damn it, Amaru, uh, I'll take it." Uh, you don't even. That's the Frodo best you're gonna get, son. You take that. Yeah, I, I said I'd take it anyway. But when. When, when Frodo says, I wish none of this had happened, I wish the ring had never come to me, uh, and his, uh, his response of, so do all people who uh, wish don't wish to see such times, but that, that scene is beautiful. It is perfect. I love this film so much. It's one of my five favorite films ever made, and a lot of it is because of the performances in this movie. Say what you want about the performances not being the thing that stand out to you. Those are what draw me into the film. Uh along with the gorgeous world that Peter Jackson uh, was able to adapt from the book, but it's the performances that make this so rewatchable for me. I love Ian McKellen in this, and he deserved to be nominated for Best Supporting Actor. How long into the movie does he disappear? Two-thirds? Two-thirds? I thought he was in the last, but I just... I'm so baffled at this point. I'm just... Ian McKellen, I'm going to, I'll say this. You would have a better stance for me if you put Ian McKellen from X2 in this list. If you're going to pick something from fandom, I would rather it be Magneto. He is better as Magneto for me. I don't understand this. I think it's fine. Like, it's quotable. I think he's, you make me fucking hate Lord of the Rings. I think that's the thing. Like, I like it. I like when I go back to the world, but my God, I just don't get it. I just don't get how this is just top tier, higher than... You should have just left Lee J. Cobb and all the people off. Like, that's what you should have done. You should have just said, fuck it. I'm going Green Goblin. I'm going fucking The Punisher. I'm going just fucking going deep. Just ham it, go. That's fine. But you put greats next to this, and it's so weird to me. Your, your taste makes no sense. You have garbage taste. You have oh, garbage I, taste, and I, I know. And I know it doesn't get any better. This is painful. Why did Cole convince me this was a good idea? <laughs> Perk. Yeah, he's like, I look mean, at the views. Watch the people like it. You, you say you like the, the performance to draw you in. I don't believe you. In an alternate universe where Michael Gambone or whoever gets cast in this role. You love this movie just as much. It's, just, it's not a bad performance. Everybody's like, oh, he, he is Gandalf. It's like, well, yeah, because that's the Gandalf we've seen on screen. He, he took the role and he made it his own. It's not like he, like, it's not like everybody knew exactly, except for like deep Lord of the Rings nerds. Nobody really knew much about Gandalf. It just, it's this character he played. If somebody else would have played it, probably would have felt the same way because like he would have made that same speech and all this same stuff would have happened. So, yeah, just, I mean, I'm broken record at this point, but it's. And- Affair. I rue. I would have. I like him better in that. I would have said maybe that's incredible. Maybe I just wouldn't include him at all in this list. Um. Everybody else, quick, quick. I don't like uh, Lord of the Rings. I like him better as Magneto. But if you're gonna put one, if this was the only performance from Lord of the Rings you put on your list, I'd go okay, fine. But I know this isn't the only one on your list. And that's bullshit. I think there are two acceptable performances to pick from these movies for in even in consideration. This is one of them. I'm con- I'm curious what the other is. I'll um, tell you. 
Have you ever seen him talking about playing this character on the show Extras? <laughs> That's a top 100 performance. McKellen, McKellen, McKellen. Action! Richard, you shall not pass! Cut! McKellen, McKellen, McKellen. How do I, know I don't what know what just happened, but I'm interested. Um, All right, what's your next one, Jack? All right. You tired of Lord of the Rings yet? Oh, Too God. Bad. Don't worry. It's the last one for this week. And it's this week? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> There's your mocap, buddy. There's your mocap. What did I say at the top of the show? Uh, what did I say specifically? Yeah. You and you know what? I was cheering side when you said that because I knew this was coming up. And you know why? Because it's fucking great. Andy Circus is great as Gollum and uh, Smeagol. That dual performance between the two, incredible. Uh, there, there is, there is uh, no better scene uh, with uh, for Gollum uh, than uh, than when when Smeagol and Gollum are. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, then when Smeagol and Gollum are arguing back and forth, uh, that that the, those moments are so much fun to watch. But it's that uh, Gollum is one of the biggest. Uh, uh, one of the just uh, what what is the word I'm looking for? Shit. Andy Circus gives a, a hell of a performance. He uh, throws himself into this role. Uh, I'm losing words here. Fuck me. Uh, Cody, take over because I'm losing words. But I fucking love him in this. He's per he's great. I I don't know uh, about motion capture and whatnot, but this is one of the uh, best performances from that year. So I, I fucking love it. No, hell no. Stop it. Okay. Like... Honestly, I think the worst thing about this performance is it got a bunch of nerds to tell, it's like, say, my precious at people. It's fucking weird. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little creeped out. It's happened more than one time. I can guarantee you that. Um, Yeah, no, not a chance. I, I No, there's a conversation of like mocap and what does that mean and who can you say? I'm still in the line that if you're acting in a movie, I put you higher. In my opinion at this point. I'm not saying you should discredit, but thing, but you have this at 34. That's cr that's that's criminal. Like you should be locked away. To be honest with you, Kirk. Yeah, Jack. You said you don't know much about no cap mocap. I don't know either, but I'll tell you what I do know is somebody puts a bunch of dots on their face. They run around and do put on a voice or whatever, and then you get like 50 engineers come in and manipulate that performance. So there's a lot of layers on top of what that is. So to say someone doing that is the 34th best performance in the last 120 years of movies is the most insane thing I've ever heard. Is, Cir is Circus good in this? Is he entertaining? Yes. Is the voice a good voice? Yes. But it is crazy to say that this is better than so much you've had on anything. It's crazy to have this on a top 100 list, especially this high. That scene you're talking about where Smeagol are going back and forth, it's a cartoon. There is not, you're not looking at anything real in that movie. You can't see anything he's doing. He doesn't have a human face. There's no connection there. It's a voice and some physicality. We don't know how much is his and how much is manipulated. There's some physicality there, but it's not enough of him 
to even consider putting on this list. I mean, you love Lord of the Rings, love the character. He's a, I love the character too. He's a fun character, fun to watch, but it's not a great performance worthy of something like this. You're awarded no points and may God have mercy, mercy on, your, on soul. your soul. Simple no would have sufficed. Um, okay, <laughs> everybody quick on Andy Serkis. I'm I didn't think I would need this for a second it. week. <laughs> I'm over it, Jack. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of it. Let's move on. Okay. Coho, what's your 33? Thank you, Kaiser. Uh, yeah, uh, my 33 is uh, Bradley Cooper and A Star is Born. Uh, I have uh, I have come around to this is who I now think should have won Best Actor in 2018. Uh, I think that he does an incredible job in this movie uh, of being this, like, aged star. In the beginning, he's so charming uh, with the way he, like, starts, like – interacting with Lady Gaga and, like, helping build her career. And then throughout it, he just gets, like, you can see him just be really, like, destroyed and seeing just how tired and out of control he gets and honestly a little bit scary. Um, I think Bradley Cooper does a magnificent job with this part. Um, I think, like, for someone who, like, didn't, I didn't, I didn't know who could sing, and I don't know, I think he took vocal lessons for this. He sounds great. Um I think he is fantastic as a singer and as a guitar player and as an actor in this movie. Um, and I want to see the other stars borns to compare, but I think he's, this is a great starter performance for these for me. I think he's brilliant. His best performance for me. Anybody else have this performance? I don't think so. I'll just be cute. I think, I think he's the best performance in this movie. I like his songs. Um, his first song that he sings at the beginning of the film. Is it Black Eyes? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, don't know. I didn't know that was the title, but I thought it was something else. But either way, um, I absolutely just think he's stand out in there. He's like my second favorite performance in the movie. I'd probably put Andrew Dice Clay a little bit higher. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, I just still love that he's in this movie. <laughs> like, that's my favorite part. Um, but um, yeah, he does something. This movie, like, at first when I did didn't like it. I know that Michael is like uh uh Michael is this movie. Like Michael hates this movie. I remember wow. this review came out. It's one of my most read reviews ever because I just kept looking at it. I've never uh, looked at it. I'm gonna go look at it. Yeah. <laughs> You've never, oh, go. You're missing out. I've never seen this review, so I'm gonna go look Dude, it's great. It's overall great. Um but uh but yeah um yeah Good choice. Uh, 33 is high. I would not put a 33 at all. Like, you can see your biases out there a little bit of like yeah, 21st centuries. It's a little high. Um, everybody else, or Kirk, how do you feel about this performance? I think it's good. Um, I I don't know if I like him better than Lady Gaga or not. I think a lot of what we feel for him is reliant on her and their chemistry together and the relationship. So I think I did have out. With, without her, I think you lose a lot of what he's doing there, for better or worse. Um, I think 33 is high, but it's it's a good performance. I mean, uh, like, okay, out of the nominees, sure, yeah, he, he should have won. But for all movies in 2018, there's a movie called Blind Spotting that's got a lead performance from David Diggs. Uh, definitely better. He's great, not better than Cooper. Wow. I have to be on this list too. I, 
I like Cooper in this, but I I would say it's like a little high. Like if you put this on a shelf, Coho wouldn't be able to reach it. Um, this is truly a great performance, but Coho called me out two weeks ago about Oscar Isaac playing right. guitar. Uh, Coho called me out about Oscar Isaac playing guitar. So, ooh, wow, Bradley Cooper plays guitar in this. You know what? I hope Bradley Cooper never casts you as an extra in this movie. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> 33. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> got Kirk. My job is done. I got Kirk. <laughs> uh, all right. My number 33 is Christian Bale for The Fighter. Great choice. Okay. Um, I didn't think I was not prepared to talk about this this week, at least. Um, if you see video of Dickie Eklund, it's uncanny. Like, he captures the mannerisms of this man, like, to a fucking T. Especially in, like, any scenes where he's, like, next to Wahlberg in interviews. And he's, like, doing all the motions. And he's, like, capturing, like, the eyes and the arms. And just, it's incredible. Um, and he's just got, like, a lot of amazing scenes. Uh, like the scene where um, he walks back to the crack house with the cake. Like, it's just like, you you look in his eye, you, you see the pain, but you also see the reason he's doing it. Um, it. It's just a chameleon of a performance that really captures this real-life person so well that honestly... It's uncanny. Yeah, this is Bale's best performance. I'll stand by. I think this is Bale's honestly best performance. You want to talk about a person that transforms into a role? It's this. He is terrifying, like how much he and how much Wahlberg has to play off of him and like basically has to just disown his brother. Like, bro, you're not getting any better. Like, you're you're bringing everything down. Like. And like the documentary, they think like he and he's kind of like got a glorious Swanson kind of thing going on that he thinks like he's prepping for, but it's really like a drug rehab thing, like how far he's fallen and his mannerisms and his how skinny he is and how he talks and how he does everything. Like, I don't know if he was, on, he, of course, I don't think he was on actual drugs, but it you could have convinced me that he was like terrifying performance. I think it's one of the best performances I've seen. I would understand if it's higher. This makes Vice look like child's play to me. I will stand by that. Like, because Vice is like a a subdued kind of like who he is. This performance, how much he has to. And I think he won the Oscar, didn't he, for this role? Sure did. Yeah, Mm -hmm. rightfully deserved it. Absolutely. So, everybody else, uh, Kirk. Um, I'll be quick on this one. It's been a while since I've seen it, but so I don't remember a whole lot of details, but it is a great performance. Everybody else? I haven't yeah. seen this movie in seven years. No, this one's solid. Just the, the way Bale moves and looks fantastic. Yeah, he's great. He's part of one of the best supporting actor classes I've ever seen at the Oscars. He's terrific. I love that Jack knows exactly how many years he's seen. It took me a long time to figure it out. But, Seven uh, years. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my 33 is Kathy Bates in Misery. Did oh, wow. Did anyone else have this performance? I haven't seen okay. it. 
I haven't seen it. Either. Watch movies. Um, yeah, I think that so Kathy- 46 movies that I would count ridiculous amount of times since he's got Letterboxd and he hasn't watched them. Great movies. It's crazy. You've seen the Batman three times. Five times. You've seen Me? Batman five times. Yes. You've seen Jesus Christ Superstar seven. That's Hamilton 19. You know how many movies you could have watched in that time frame? True, but I, I got a lot better. of joy from the amount of viewing. And those movies. are not even on two times speed. Ridiculous. But uh, yeah, Kathy Bates is terrifying in this. Uh, Annie is one of the just most terrifying villains ever. And I think she's more terrifying less than her giant yelly screaming moments. She's more terrifying in like the moments where she isn't crazy because you just know she could snap at any moment. Fantastic performance. Uh, this is top tier. One of the greatest acting performances. Like everybody knows how I feel about like, uh, I think we were, did we already talk about you, uh, Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. 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 So like, this is, this is better than that. In my opinion, like her performance in this gives me anxiety to be like insane. I feel, I feel like an eight year old child. Like that broke something in the house and just waiting for my parents to come home and find it. I am so anxious, so nervous watching this movie. When like he gets home, when she shows up at the doorway and she's just standing there staring at him and like not even screaming, just like talks and the hobble scene. Oh, makes me want to. It's just awful. I think she's one of the greatest acting performances I've ever seen. You both have just put person to 33 that I would put in the top tier of performances I've seen. Um, just how she interacts with him and how like oh I just love it. Well, he's you can't like she's screaming and she notices like the things moved and he's got out of his room, so she has to like put more like it's just top tier craziness. Um, yeah, everybody else, if you haven't seen this movie, so the people Jack, you haven't seen this either. Mm-mm. Okay, so no one's seen this. Uh, go watch this movie. I would highly recommend this movie. Um, of it's Stephen King, right? I believe. Yeah. yeah. Of Stephen yeah, King's movies, like with Misery and stuff like that, this one's top tier, like top tier movie. Uh, Kirk. Yeah, it's another one I haven't seen in a while. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's, it's kind of like the Norman Bates thing, where you know she's so scary because she projects that innocence and she believes it. Like she believes that like gentle, mousy person who she, is who she really is, and for her to just flip that on and off is is terrifying. Yeah, she's she's greatness. Okay, Jack. Uh, we had the fighter. We had misery. What's your thirty-three? <laughs> well, when you build it up like that. Oh, yeah. It's Jim Carrey in the Truman Show. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, this is a performance that I I, I can't get enough of. I, I, I get... <laughs> That's number 15 on his list. Cam, the Cam I will kill you. Cam's I on know fire. where you live. I will kill you. <laughs> anyway, Jim Carrey in The Truman Show is fantastic because here's the thing with him. Uh, he, he's, he's been uh, presented uh, this. Uh, he's been told. Uh, he's been lied to his entire life by the people that are supposed to be closest to him, by people he uh, he believes are his mom, his dad, his best friend, his 
wife. Uh, and when he starts to see the cracks in, in the, in the facade of everything that's happening around him, uh, it, it's brilliant to, it, his performance is absolutely brilliant. I just want to bring something up. He won the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a, in a Drama. He wasn't even nominated for the Oscar, so fuck the Academy for that. But no, he his performance in that is great. I love all the little flashbacks that happen uh, between him and I can't remember the actress's name. Uh, but uh, the one that uh, he fell in love with on, on the beach, that that whole flashback is so much fun uh, or so, so heartbreaking. And, uh, and when, and it caps off with one of the most satisfying final moments in film, the perfect delivery of, in case I don't see a good afternoon, good evening and good night, just absolutely brilliant. I love this film so much. And Jim Carrey is the reason like it, it this film doesn't work without Jim Carrey's performance. I honestly think this performance would work with a lot of actors in it, to be honest with you. I don't know if I would say that he stands above anybody else. Um, I think the subject matter is what makes you gravitate and think that thought, but I don't overall think that he does anything above any other actor in this role. Um, I think the movie's kind of bad. I, I mean, I don't hate the movie. I shouldn't say bad. I, I don't love the movie. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think Jim Carrey is a standout um, of it. I think... I think the shock value, the subject matter, what is in is makes this movie like better than most, but his performance is not what does it. So, um, Kirk? Yeah, um, I think I'm on the same page as you here. I, I, first of all, I think Carrie's dramatic talents are kind of overrated. You know, he's no Robin Williams. And even though this is super dramatic, like his non like broad co comedy, comedy, comedy is kind of overrated. I don't think he's. When I watch this movie, I think Truman is the least interesting thing happening. Um, I wish we would fall like every anytime someone else watch off the screen. I wish we'd follow that character because the world around him is so much more interesting than him. And I also think about how much more interesting this movie would be. The concept is great. The concept's the best thing about it, uh, especially back in '98. Like you guys don't remember when reality TV wasn't a thing, and this was like a fanciful concept. Um, but uh, the, the idea, if you, another director and another actor, I think would make this a super, super interesting movie. As it is to me, it's kind of bland. Everybody else on the Truman Show. I like this movie a lot. I like this performance. Um, I wouldn't put it this high, but I think it's good. I think this movie relies on Carrie kind of being Carrie. Like he's great at it, but I I feel like the movie. Kind of more, I I don't. This doesn't impress me like other dramatic character performances. He is really good. I'm okay, I'd be okay with this being on your list if it was somewhere in like the '80s. Ed Harris might be a little bit better. But Always Ed Harris. I, I get it, but no. Always Ed Harris. All right, Coho, uh, what's your thirty? I'm not talking for the rest of the night. My thirty-two is Rita Moreno in the original West Side Story. Oh, yeah, yikes. Uh, uh, all right, Coho, uh, Barr, and uh, Boatman, you can talk together. What? What? Ta-da! You, you can talk together. Oh, really? Enemies oh. become friends. <laughs> you have the exact same ranking of the exact same thing. Oh, look at that. Now they're going to make out. Okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just going to like double. <laughs> <laughs> 
You never Where's the handshake? And Kurt's just like, get away from me. Okay, who wants to? Whoever wants to talk first. Would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? You, you got, you have the spot, so you can. Okay. So, uh, Holly Hunter in this movie is doing such a wonderful performance where she has to do comedy and drama um, in set in like throughout the entire movie. It's just interlocked. Um, the way that she is so playing someone who has to have like a sense of control and authority, but then you see the cracks underneath while she's still having to do that. It's such a great. Uh, it's just a great balance. Uh, and as I said, when she's funny in this movie, she's hilarious. Um, and it's just her chemistry with Brooks and Hurt uh, is just electric. I don't know why Cher has her Oscar this year. Yeah, no, that's the truth. Like one of the most egregious ones ever. Hunter is like... She she's doing so much. I love like very early on where she just breaks down in her room crying like very early on and a lesser actress that would just feel so out of place and she just makes it work. There's so much here that is just so powerful or funny and I love her her kind of her final scenes like before the ending scene where we jump forward her kind of goodbyes to William Hurt and Albert Brooks, where she kind of tells them both off a little bit, are just fantastic scenes for different reasons, because she handles each one differently slightly. And it's such a great moment. I love her performance. Good pick, Bo. Good pick, Bar. Yeah, I won't go forward in detail, because I think you guys basically covered it. I think this is one of the greatest performance, female performances of all time in this movie. I think she's absolutely incredible. Um, I think Holly Hunter is, like, kind of a underrated actress. I mean, I know that's weird weird to say, but I think she's really strong in a lot of the movies. Even the movies I don't really love, I think she's great. Like, I just watched uh, The Piano for the first time. I don't love the movie, but I think her performance is, like, super strong in that movie. Um... This is just how she balances between being a serious, like, get the job done versus, like, um, the funny moments with Albert Brooks and stuff. I Yeah, I just think she's great. And Glenn Close and Holly Hunter should both be ashamed because if you're going to give it to anybody that year, I don't understand how you do how you give it to Cher. Crazy me. Um, Kirk. Uh, I got to disagree with you a little bit. I'll, I'll be fair to broadcast news. I've never watched a Holly Hunter movie and walked away being like, wow, Holly Hunter was amazing in that. Um, oh, for wow. me, she's just kind of, I mean, she's not bad. I've never been like, oh, she's awful. But she's never like blown me out of the water. And that's this goes for this movie too. I think she's good at it. Um, she is the probably the third performance that I'd notice. Um, no, second. She's better than William Hurt. But I think this okay. is... Okay, I was movie. about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, Diaz, you know what? I will. I do like her in big... But I'll say leading roles. I've never seen her leading role that really blew me out of the water. That's um, fair. Incredibles is good. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think, again, this is something if it came up 80s, 90s, I'd be like, okay, but 32 is super high. Especially having it for, for uh, Boatman having it over Brooks really surprised me. Fair. Um, shows how unbiased he is. Um, Jack, what's your 32? Let me open my... I like this performance a lot, by the way. Uh, oh, fuck you. I haven't seen this performance, oh, that, that performance, yeah. but okay. Now onto my 32. Uh, my 32 is River Phoenix in Stand By Me. 
one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite child uh, acting performances. Uh, just there, this is like there. There's there's child performances that are that feel like uh, whoever was uh, that don't feel like uh, like child like actor. they like child act performances and this is one of them because river phoenix gives a hell of a performance here he absolutely steals every scene uh the scenes between him and i can't remember the main character's name right now because my mind is blanking gordy thank gordy thank you i'm an idiot uh each of those scenes are great the scene where they're sitting around the fire uh when uh and he's talking, uh, and him and Gordy's conversation. That that whole scene is beautiful. Uh, the final moments of this film uh, between Gordy, uh, River Phoenix, and the um, and Kiefer Sutherland and his dipshit friends. Uh, that, that that whole scene's great. Uh, and R River Phoenix just he gives a beautiful. Uh, tortured performance for someone at such a young age like it, it, it's it's great i i love i love this film and the reason i love it so much is because of river phoenix i think he's the best part of this film can't can't get on board with this at all at this performance i don't think the performance is bad but stand by me as the group of kids they're together like i don't know where one stands higher than the other i don't know where the other one would go so i can't be on board with that i would put um i i couldn't put it this high even if i wanted to break one apart um i probably put the guy that lard ass that pukes at the end over like anything of, of the kids cuz i think they're so crucial all right uh go ahead Kirk. cameron um <laughs> I uh, I love Stand By Me. Um, I love all these performances. I think it's a great movie. I think these kids really do a great job carrying it. But I agree with Cody. It's a ensemble. Uh, Phoenix is go really good in it. Uh, if you shouted this out in like the nineties, just say hey, something I want to talk about. That'd be cool. But thirty-two all time is super super high for this. Yeah, there's no way you could pick anyone from this ensemble for me. Um, I couldn't differentiate any of them enough as to who's the best. I kind of feel like you just picked this because River Phoenix is only in like 10 movies. So Not that's too high. Okay. Christopher Walken and the Deer Hunter. Uh, River Phoenix, but River uh, uh, Phoenix, 32. That's a weird build to die. I thought, you, I thought you were just shitting on Christopher Walken for a second because you cut off at Christopher Walken. Eh. Oh no, I was saying eh, low on the lower on my list, but th River Phoenix number thirty-two. In my opinion, he's probably the best of the four kids, but yeah, yeah it's the it's the four. Remind, remind me to tell you guys later how I got blocked by Will Wheaton on Twitter. I want to hear that story. I, need I to do want to hear that badly. I'm fully on board with that. Uh, I'm not oh, talking for the rest of the night. My 31 is Anthony Hopkins in the Silence of the Lambs. Oh, we're still Yikes. 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 <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, we got one last round to go, but don't worry. Uh, my, fuck off the show. <laughs> uh, my number 31 is Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Yikes. Okay. My 31 is Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver. Yikes. Yay. Bless you. 
You're welcome. I'll be so so. Well, Jack, have enough time this time. Uh, I'll be so happy if this one gets yikes, uh, but it won't. It's Song Kang Ho in Memories of Murder. Yikes! No, I'm kidding. You have to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Song Kang Ho gives like here's the thing. Uh, he does this, like, it, it came down to uh, him in this versus him in Parasite, because honestly, uh, I could have picked either performance for this spot, but I, I had to, I had to pick him in this, because he is a, he gives a, just a brilliant performance, uh, he, uh, which for a movie with such heavy subject matter uh, can honestly be like a very uh, comedic performance at moments, too, like, uh and in, in, in some of the weirdest scenes for uh, for a comedic performance, like in the jail cell when uh, when they're trying to get a confession out of uh, the guy, when when they're trying to uh, get that confession, or uh, or, but it's also uh, also the absolute brutality of what's happening around him. Uh, it forces him to uh, it forces both him and and. I can't remember the other guy's name right now. I am so sorry, but uh, his partner in this uh, forces them to almost switch places. He he's the he's the small town cop who who's just trying to uh, get get someone for the papers, and then someone from uh, from the big city from Seoul comes and is like, "Let's do this job right." And w they end up switching uh, almost switching characters by the time the film closes, and you can see that that turn that happens in the film, and it's brilliant uh song kang ho I, I haven't seen many of his films but i am pumped to see more of him because he's incredible in this and he's incredible in parasite which i almost put on the list but this is his best performance for me that's that's fair i like this movie a lot i've seen it one time i really enjoyed it i don't know if i put any performances that high on my list Knowing you, you probably watched it three days in a row and found like it was the greatest film ever, like you know, because you like so stuff. Um, I love the movie, but I don't know where I feel like performance wise. 31 is just too high for me personally. Um, Kirk, yeah, having seen both this and Parasite only once, um, I latched onto the performance much more in Parasite. Um, but I think to be completely honest, I I didn't really connect with this movie fully on the first viewing, so I do want to watch it again, and I, my opinion might change. Um, so, but for me, because the jury's still kind of out on it. Everybody else? So, I really like this performance, and I really like this movie, but it's one where I think everyone working together holds the movie up more than any particular performance. I haven't seen it. Uh, I actually, I think this is a really good transformative performance. I think you need the transformation for this movie to work, and I really enjoy this performance. He was in Transformers. <laughs> God damn it, Kirk! Can we go home? Um, okay, so I will give my, I will give my opinions, and then uh, give pass it over to Kirk. Um, so if I was the judge tonight, and I decided the winner. Um, mine would go first place Boatman. It's just bead. Second place Coho. A. Oh. Third place Bar. And I know you're shocked, Jack. But fourth place Jack. I'm, I I I expected as much. Kirk. Um, who won tonight? 
Okay, knowing that you and I have different styles and how we award, yes, absolutely. And also, I will say for the movies I didn't, I didn't see. I'm going with. I'm using your opinion as my own because I think that's the only fair way to do it. Um, my number one is Coho. Yes, um, victory, bitches! What? Let's go! I would have picked you, Boat. He had four number ones. Coho had one real miss for me, which is Emma Stone. He had two movies. He had he had my best perform, my greatest performance of all time on his list. He had two from my top ten, um, and everything else was just a hit for me. There was, I mean, like I said, Rita Moreno, great. Jack Lemmon, great. Everything, I mean, Eddie Murphy, everything on his list was. Uh, like I said, Emma Stone was it dipped there, but everything else on this list was perfect. Um, second, I'm going with with uh, Boatman. Yeah. Okay. Um, Good. Kirk's integrity is restored. Boatman did. Uh, Boatman didn't have um, as high highs as Coho did, which is why he's second. But I think he had the most steady quality list. Uh, third is Bar. Um, I had like oh, I said, having, having having to take. Uh, Having not seen closer and using Cody's opinions on that, um, I, I mean, Justice for All was hard to not lean on that too hard. Um, but again, like I said, that those were the, the, those were the two performances in closer higher than yeah, yeah. Just just the, the two of those together. Just uh, uh, fourth place is Cameron Holtz in the chat. Uh, fifth place, <laughs> sixth place is Kevin uh, Chris Diaz in the chat, and like fifteenth place is uh, Jack Chat. Yeah, that's fair. And, and yeah, um, I mean, the three Lord, you did everything I told you. I told you exactly how to win this week, and you did the exact opposite. So <laughs> um, you, you could not have gone more wrong. That's fair. So we'll leave it off here. Uh, me, Coho, and Kirk will talk about uh, future episodes coming forward. If you did not watch the beginning of the episode, I suggest you go back because some things are changing, and some people may be angry with it. Second, um, Top 40 anime uh, musicals is coming. Yes, I need your lists, please. Now, start, start setting them. So he can start watching on 2 Tim's feed. Um, yes. and, um, start building your top 100s at least for the scenes. If you don't make the list yet, start working on it. Right. Like, oh, okay. You can change your top 40s up till like July. I just want to start seeing what I should start watching for people. Yeah, and then, um, so watch that, and then, yeah, other than that, thanks for being on. We'll see you next week. Um, have a great night, everybody. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. Your guilt has been determined. This is merely a sentence in hearing. Now, what will it be? Death or exile? You better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for every. Normally, I would say Alfidazin, but since what Alfidazin actually means is till I see you again, and since I never wish to see you again to you, sir, I say goodbye.